0: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Genesis Gems, episode 62. I am one of the hosts, Nick Stevens, and with me this time is Aaron. Hey guys, how's it going, Aaron? Hey, we got someone else on a, on the show today. Who we got? We have a Dan Tolan. Dan, he is a Patreon donor. He is a friend of the show.
1: He's been on here before, so glad to have you, Dan.
2: Uh, I am really happy to be here again.
1: Yeah, and he's also my co host on retro obscura sometimes only, sometimes uh, <laughs> when i actually edit an episode and put it out
0: i feel weird saying patreon donor it's like are you an organ donor too Is that
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I, every time uh, i introduce myself on the show i'm like do people know who i'm i'm aaron aaron hickman no
0: you don't have to give last names
1: i don't mind <laughs> if you don't know me you should
0: that's right he's he's, he's a big deal
1: i'm aware of you somewhere Yes. I'm worried. I hope so.
0: Uh, I'm just sitting here trying to grab a platform on this game called Flashback. That's what we're covering today, right?
1: Yep. I've
2: heard. Yes, sir.
0: <laughs> I did beat the first level, guys. I just want to let you know that.
2: Oh, we were supposed to play
0: it? <laughs> Crap. Let's not record. You guys, you guys free tomorrow? <laughs> Oh my! So yeah, flashback. This is a good pick from Dan. Game I've never played, so that'll be good to get my perspective and then everyone else's perspective who has more experience than I do. Actually, yeah, it
2: it really, really surprised me that you hadn't played it. I I honestly thought this was a game everybody had played.
1: Nah. And the fact that you—I know you were kind of an SNES kid before you were a Sega kid. Yeah. Right? You played Sega at your friend's house, and then you kind of—you had an SNES. So you could have actually played this on there as well. That's yeah. how I played it.
0: I honestly don't remember seeing it at the rental store, which is like my only source of, of anything video game related. This game
1: was, and this game was so hyped up. I remember it being hyped
0: up. Yeah. But we'll get into that. Yeah, we will get into that because we got some cool stuff to talk about right now. Uh, if you'd like to connect with us, Genesis Gyms, you can catch us on the web at ww.genesisgymspodcast.com. Go to our Facebook page at uh, Facebook.com slash podcast. Join our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash group slash Genesis Send us an email at GenesisGemspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gen Gyms. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, and we are part of the Retro Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com. And we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash GenesisGems. And uh, since the last time we recorded, we do have a new patron. A big shout-out to Chris Fox for being a uh, second-tier giver. He gives $3 a month, so he'll be getting the cool Landon Hawkster uh, greeting. So that'll be there. And uh, one more piece of listener business before we go into the next section. Uh, We got a new iTunes review, uh, mix number 55. A big thanks to uh, Andrew Coed for sending this. uh, I'm going to go ahead and read this now. He said I found this show when I recently broke out my old video games after having a after having a child and having a bout of nostalgia. As soon as I listened to my first episode, I was hooked. It is a family-friendly podcast that looks at the entire Sega Genesis library on a game-by-game basis. Aaron and Nick are genuinely good guys and they do their homework on the games, so you will likely learn a thing or two about the old games you've, you you love growing up. This podcast is a must listen for any fan of the Sega Genesis and even better if you still play or want to add to your collection. Do yourself a favor. And listen today. Nice. So there you go. Very cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, hey, I appreciate that, Andrew. Andrew's been a great supporter. Uh, every time I send any kind of a Facebook post about the Patriots, saying good stuff, like, yeah, you, you won't regret it, and all this cool stuff. So big, big thanks to you, Andrew. So yeah, listener business was there. Um, I didn't have anything else. So if you guys, again, $1 a month gets you some great pa- Patreon stuff. Uh, we will be covering Nights in the Dreams this Ooh, month. Very so. Cool. Yeah, Sega Saturn stuff. I downloaded it on Steam, so I'm excited. I don't have my Saturn disc anymore, but I uh, got the Steam version where you can actually play the uh, Sega Saturn version of that or the remaster graphics.
1: So play the remaster. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> play if, if you're playing on a modern setup. Yeah, you're g- you're probably gonna want to play it. This is one of those cases where I will not fault you for playing with the widescreen screen and, <laughs> uh, and and the little added bonuses. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I have the remastered one but I don't think I've played it. I played
2: a good chunk of the Saturn version
0: though. Yeah, that's gonna be good. It's a game I've been wanting to uh, dig back into. It's been a long time since I've played it, so very excited about this. So yeah, patreon.com slash GenesisGems, $1 a month will get you that episode in the future and many other great episodes we have out there. And uh, big thanks to the the big givers like Dan who gets a a monthly gift, which Dan, uh, last month's and this month's gift will be coming at a double package, so my bad about that.
2: (laughs) Whatever dude, I am so excited for that Space Harrier picture, oh my god.
0: Oh yeah, so uh, Johnny Townsend from Retro Bliss uh, did some awesome custom artwork for the top tier givers, so... Big shout out to him. I think we talked about that in the last episode, but uh, I asked the guys who are on that tier what their favorite character was. Give me some ideas. I sent it to Johnny. Awesome artwork. So big thanks to Johnny for that. So yeah, well, I guess we can go right into the next section. This is, I guess, Snippets.
3: Test one, two.
0: Now it's time for Sega Snippets. And I've been talking way too much right now, so when you guys take this over first. Sega Snippets?
1: Sure. Uh, I've got a few Sega Snippets. Uh, First of all, I wanted to mention that I saw something really cool on Twitter, and it was something I mentioned in the group. It was a Sonic the Hedgehog, Milton Bradley board game. If you remember back in the 80s and 90s, before Hasbro took over, man, Milton Bradley was just cranking out a bunch of licensed property games, and so you could find Uh, All sorts of video games, they got turned into board games, and uh, I posted a picture of it in our Facebook group, which you can go check out, and it looks really nice. Uh, What I know of (laughs) these Milton Bradley games, though, is they're usually pretty simple because of the age that the games are marketed towards. They're not going to be overly complex. I mean, they're really not going to be much more complex than Candyland, uh, but it looks like a pretty fun game, and I like the designs displayed on the board. Uh, I like how it's kind of split up into different zones uh, on on the board, and then, uh, you know, like all the little little pieces you've got there. Just the whole thing uh, looks, looks really neat to me, and I'm curious to know if any of our listeners have ever played the Sonic the Hedgehog board game. Looks really cool. Uh, the other Sega snippet was uh, a few buddies of mine actually <coughs> released some new Sega Genesis tunes, and you can go on over to um, it's desk pop music in a collaboration with ChipTunes equals win. Have just released a new compilation of awesome chip tune music that. Uh, There's about, I think, nine or ten tracks on this album, and two of them are Sega Genesis. So my buddy MB Tech, Chris, uh, and also my pal Jeff, a.k.a. Game Genie Solakov, who we've mentioned on the show before. They both have great songs on this compilation, so I'll make sure to get a link to that. And I also talked to another friend who did an awesome... This guy cranks out amazing... uh, synth metal remixes of video game tunes and he did a remix of flashback with his own wild interpretation on a theme Uh, but it's really really cool stuff and i think nick right we're gonna play it somewhere in this (laughs) somewhere in the show i don't know where we're gonna insert it yet
0: yeah let's just put it here might as well
1: might as well so we'll be right back after this flashback remix from Master Boot Record. Back. Hope you guys enjoyed that. It's, it's such a, a awesome track uh, that kind of has elements of flashback, definitely in the intro and the ending. And then there's a lot of uh, there's almost some like uh, neoclassical stuff going on in the middle that I that I love. But uh, yeah, definitely check him out. He just dropped a new album that's worth picking up over on Bandcamp. He's oh I don't, He just releases so much good music. If you like uh, Synthwave and you and you like uh, metal and... Uh, I don't know. I, I love both of those things, so he's well worth checking out. Sounds like my kind of thing. Cons- yeah, very very consistent in quality. And I think you guys will dig it if you go check out more of his stuff. So I think that's about it for my Sega Snippets. Um, what about you, Dan?
2: <clears throat> well, uh... <laughs> Mine's been kind of a, a bit of a Sega-on-Nintendo stuff lately. Um, <laughs> I just had... Uh, just over the past week, I got in contact with Nintendo trying to get my downloads from my old Lost 3DS transferred over to my new 3DS XL. Um, and now that I finally got them back, I've kind of been digging into the a lot of the Sega games I had downloaded on there. Uh, some Game Gear games like uh, the GG Shinobi and uh vampire master of darkness um, i've also been playing a bit of the 3d classics games on there as well uh, some space harrier and actually right as we started the call nick commented on the fact that he could hear me playing sonic one on
1: there so <laughs> isn't that the one um does that one have 3d on it
2: yes and uh i never used to bother turning the 3d on on my old 3ds but now with the new 3ds XL and that super stable head tracking 3D they have on yeah, there, yeah, it, absolutely, it's a heck of a lot better. It looks fantastic on there. Um, so that's been a, that's been a lot of fun doing that. Um, yeah. Otherwise, not really much else for Sega.
1: Uh, I just played through the new Metroid. <laughs> that, that, that's <laughs> Nintendo. But. Uh, how dare you? No, it's it's cool, man. Uh, retro gaming is retro gaming. We won't, and uh, you know, it, updating new franchises, we don't mind too much. I mean, shoot, I think Nick talked about Mass Effect last. Podcast. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so, yeah, and I know. I mean, Nick does Metroidvania Mayhem. There's a, there's a little plug for you. <laughs> Not for like two years, but yeah, I know. It you know it'll come back. It'll I come back so. one day. I hope so. Just like uh, the NES podcast.
0: <laughs> that's funny you say that because speaking of that my uh, old co-host Ryan literally just joined Facebook like five minutes ago and that kinda, <laughs> it kind of blew my mind
1: you've only been waiting for that for about seven <laughs> years now that was last
0: names out there that was the, always the allure of Ryan no one knew his last name and I made up his own last names wasn't <laughs> it
1: uh Ryan Carey that was the best one yep <laughs> Ryan yes. Carey
0: so now he's on Facebook poor guy <laughs> but, uh, anyways <laughs> speaking of yeah. Sega, yeah speaking of Sega snippets and, and Mass Effect um I bought Sega, or, uh, Sonic Chronicles the Dark Brotherhood on Nintendo DS. Oh,
2: that was that I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> BioWare making yep. a Sonic game, man.
0: Oh, so It's wild. I've put about 3 hours into this game already. Uh, I am loving it. Uh, one one thing I don't like are the touch controls of course. So you you do guide Sonic or whoever else is in your party by tapping on the screen and they yeah. walk that way. Not not enjoying it. My hand gets all cramped up with the bigger 3DS, so I got to like like that's funky how I felt about.
1: That's how I felt about Super Mario 64 on on that system. Just, I definitely can't play it with touch controls, and then trying to play. There are a few others like that where it's just like, oh, don't force me yeah. to play with touch. Like Zelda, if I don't I, the Zelda, have Zelda to. games on DS. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna
2: admit that the 3DS in general gives me hand cramps. Like even like playing any game, I don't. Yeah. Know that's how, how I, I felt about
1: the Vita. It's and maybe it's just. I don't know, maybe it's just my hand. Maybe I do need those grips.
2: <laughs> yeah, the but Vita I need does the uh, old man
1: grips. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, but, uh, even playing through Metroid, I, I, I had some pretty like serious hand-cramp situations going on. Not nearly as bad as when I played through Kid Icarus. Holy cow. Oh, gosh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that game
0: came with like a stand. I remember playing that when I first got my 3DS. <laughs> it had a stand you could put it on. It's such a shame, extra-
2: though, because to this day, that is still my favorite 3DS title. Like oh, That game wow. was Phenomenal! It just had terrible controls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, the uh, Sonic Chronicles, uh, Dark Brotherhood, it is a uh, you know a turn-based RPG. Very cool battle system. It's very simple. Um, of course, how did you I
1: feel I... about the music? Well, you were, right?
0: <laughs> you were right. You were right. So the the tunes themselves are, are catchy, and they seem to fit the atmosphere of the game. But the sound quality is just awful. Uh, I even try to put headphones on to make sure it wasn't the speakers on the 3ds, but they're not good. But um, I tend to listen to podcasts or watch TV while I play games like this. It's just, it's just easy to do that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the music, but love the battle system, the overworld. It, there's a lot of finding puzzles, getting to new areas of the map, things like that. So it's definitely not just your dungeon-crawling level up type RPG and I'm not the biggest fan of turn-based RPGs I like the really good ones like Chrono Trigger uh, some of the Final Fantasies but I usually don't go crazy over these but I really like the the battle system on here there's even a cool feature where the enemies will start to run away and you have to do like these little touch mini games to catch up to them like you you, won't, you don't actually let them flee which is really cool And if you do flee a battle you have to run away and there's boxes in the way and things you have to click the right character um, to jump over the boxes because you got like four, part, uh, four characters in your party a real cool game. I'm definitely going to keep playing it. Hopefully, we'll cover it on Patreon one day. Um, but very cool. Um, I thought about even downloading the ROM because if you guys are very familiar with some of the DS emulators, you actually use your mouse as the uh, as the touch. And yes,
1: and, and I like the fact that you can put it in landscape mode. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Which is great. So you can have the, the two pictures, one on left and one on the right. Yeah. Uh, some games that work. Some games, if it's like Contra 4... <laughs> no, not quite so well
0: yeah, So if I hadn't already invested so much time into this I probably would have done the wrong But uh, yeah, definitely cool Yeah, so that's yeah, the first oh,
2: time yeah. I've heard people really say good things about that game too I, I've never played it, but I, I've never heard <laughs> good things So it's nice to hear something positive
0: It's definitely not
1: Bioware's <laughs> best game um, I, I like it better That would than, be MDK2 <laughs> that was a really. Um, good that's actually a really good game. Yeah, good it game. is. I'm. I'm just joking in the fact that they're much more well known for making like Baldur's Gate and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So I'm. I'm a huge <coughs> fan of
0: Knights of the Old Republic and Mass Effect. Uh, I even love Jade Empire, which kind of I, th- I thought that flew under the radar. No sequels. No, that uh, game was huge. That so good. Oh well,
1: yeah. When still it came I out, everyone. It. Just I own about it.
2: it. Haven't played it. I do it. too. I own it. Man, I. I still quote Kang the Mad to this day. <laughs> that guy was nuts.
0: But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it. I think most sites gave it around like a 7 out of 10, 70%, things like that. And I would kind of agree. Um, so far, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Boss battles are cool. Very, uh, it, it keeps me in, involved in it, which is great. It's just easy to pick up and play and, and put down. Uh, so definitely recommend that. Hopefully we'll uh, cover it again sometime in, in the Patreon episodes. And one more thing, I, uh, I think I mentioned this one of the last shows. I finally got my Dreamcast back out and hooked it up. And uh, something I wanted to mention, I didn't even realize I had these, but uh, did you guys ever have the performance rumble packs in the back of your Dreamcast
1: controllers? The
0: perf-
2: yes. I, I had, like, the official one. Well, yeah. yeah,
1: I had the official one, but I remember having a performance memory card, and those were the worst because they didn't even have a VMU on them. Yeah,
0: so i well, I'll, I'll put this one in the back, a VMU in the front, the the performance one in the back. I The, the rumble is actually not that bad. I was playing uh, virtu- virtual Tennis the other day. And uh, it's that it worked pretty play, well. Uh,
1: play Res with that. Oh, gosh. oh man!
0: <laughs> so uh, one yeah. experience. Man, I've been uh, diving back in there.
2: That, I remember the PS2 version of that came with that that separate little attachment, the Vibro Pack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh the oh days, geez, the days without <laughs> Rumble Packs. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that's basically been my Sega snippets. Definitely, uh, Dreamcast is always kind of. I don't know, it's always got a special place in my heart. that's the one console I seem to always hook back up and play more uh, than anything. So
2: think of, of that, have either of you guys played the uh, the new PS4 version of Res at all? The Res Infinite? No,
1: no, I'm really psyched to play it, and I wish I could afford a PlayStation VR.
2: Oh, oh God, I, I wish I could afford it for that. But um, I do have Res Infinite myself, and other than it just being a solid oh, a port of Res HD, I guess, the uh the extra area they added to that is mind-blowingly good like it even awesome. has a, like a whole new visual style to it etc highly highly recommended especially if you're a fan of
0: the game
1: awesome guys have you ever played rez not yeah. dan yeah yeah yeah. i'm talking yeah. about yeah, the I other have. guy on this show the other, who's that other guy though? yeah I have. <laughs> who's I that have. other guy no i mean nick i have awesome good
0: sweet and all uh, sad news i bought a uh i went to etsy.com they make a lot of repros on there for dreamcast luckily the seller's gonna send me a new one but i uh bought fire pro wrestling d with the english translation already burnt to a cd yep nice that uh, yep. d- didn't work <laughs> so uh they're gonna send me a new one to see uh if it's the disc or not so but i've i have other games that are burnt to you know the cdrs that work fine on my dreamcast so We'll see. And
1: like I man, I spent many many hours on that game. I, I remember buying the import on eBay just yeah. to play it, and printing out a very large manual uh, with the English translation before they patched it. <coughs> yeah, I, I have
0: uh, I have Fire Pro Wrestling Returns on PS2, but the only thing I don't like about that version, there's no like I don't want to call it a story mode, but like the the Fire Pro Wrestling D has like a like a what like a championship road or something like that, where it's yeah. actually. You know, try to win a title, and the one on the PS2 just has, you know, single exhibition match and things like that. So, I like the uh, little, I don't know, the progression better and uh, get the Dreamcast version. So, very
1: excited to get that, anyways. Yep, and oh. now it's on Steam. Is it really? Yeah, there's I a new version on Steam. I know Landon's got oh, it. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. was yeah, it, wasn't I'm pretty really excited about wasn't that. Wasn't it a Kickstarter? Uh, I don't think it was a, I don't know if about that um, i think they just decided hey we're going to put this on steam early access and have people do crazy multiplayer matches <laughs> that, that that needs to happen <laughs> i'm not right it's
0: it's out there write that down so I don't forget to do it yes all right well guys is that it for sega snippets
1: I believe so. Uh, yes, I think so. I think the only thing else that happened was I finally got my uh, YM 2017 cartridge. Oh, that's right. With oh, the I built-in LEDs. Photo. Yes, the my blurry photo. <laughs> I, I still have to put up a video. Um, I pretty much I, I had to dig stuff out of my closet uh, because I want everything to be presentable. But I'm still working on that. I will get a video out there. For now, you can go to YouTube and find a full playthrough of the album which I am on. Uh and it's YM twenty seventeen. Just look it up on YouTube and you'll find a, a video of it. It's pretty cool. And the best part about it is the LED visualizer on the actual Sega Genesis cartridge. It it is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Alright.
0: You guys still there? You got it real quiet? Yes. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That was the natural segue. <laughs> I think we're the natural segue. Segue. We need to ask some questions. How about we ask Aaron? Aaron Hickman is a dude who knows a lot about
1: Sega games. Ask him questions. It's okay.
2: He will answer them if he wants.
0: You have your questions pulled up, buddy.
2: I almost sang the I... song.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Aaron>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, oh, unless man. you go back and listen to the
0: finished show, Aaron, you probably don't hear that song very much.
1: <laughs> I Sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. It just depends on the show.
0: I'm going to every time uh, now, so I don't have to worry about editing out you yelling at your kids. <laughs> I know. Stop talking, Nick. <laughs> that, you know, I, I, I went <laughs> That's back. That's a collector's edition. I had to go back and listen to it uh, to find out where those marks were. And When you said that, it was like the perfect time when I was talking. <laughs>
1: it was so <laughs> <laughs> yes, I felt like the words the world's worst dad. Right, right when I found out that happened, I was just like, oh jeez. It was because uh, my my oldest daughter, uh, it, and it just ha- so happened we were recording on the weekend. My oldest daughter is always she falls asleep right away, and then it's my younger two, my son who's in the middle, and then my daughter cat. They just start squabbling with each other. Uh, or trying to stay up as long as possible, and they knew I had to record a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I, I snapped. It's not my most proudest moment, but um, it, if you're a parent, you, you definitely know uh, yeah. where I've been. If, if uh, <laughs> there is a
2: person who has never snapped with their, ki- their kids, they're not a parent.
1: No, they're exactly not. Right. You just don't. It doesn't always get captured on your Sega Genesis <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well,
3: only and I take
1: full responsibility. I was uh, so the way we record this show is we use Audacity uh, as a backup, and then like um, I, I think the other software we're using didn't work out. So I I tried to, you know, when you record with Audacity, it captures everything, um, even if you mute yourself on Skype. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's gonna capture everything. So I went through there. I thought I deleted everything that needed to be deleted, and I didn't. <laughs> and so job. Nick was like, "Oh, it's a great, it's a great file. I'll go ahead and just send it off to the presses and <laughs> makes the magic." And that's the thing. That's, cause that's how podcasts are made, right? It's it, a, it, it goes to a printing press. And
0: like Aaron said, whenever he muted himself on Skype, I didn't hear it, so I had no clue he was yelling at anybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and half the listeners were like, "I don't even know what you're talking about," because. No, I mean, most people, hopefully, if you're subscribed to the show, you probably got the episode, like, right in your feed when it popped up. Usually what happens. Yeah. Unless you go out and listen to it manually. Yeah. So if, if, if But, yeah, that's that's the saga of, of Aaron. So, if, <laughs> if,
0: if the listeners didn't actually download it and they listened to it later, they wouldn't have heard it anyways. But a few of them did download <laughs> it. Said it was going to be worth a lot of money one day. So.
1: Yes. <laughs> probably a... Uh, a shoot buck or two, a or buck. Stanley. Stanley <laughs> Nickel. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, everything on the show is is worth office you know. money. <laughs> okay. I forgot about shoot bucks. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I will buy your fifty shoot bucks for you to never talk to me again. Or something. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm trying to pull up my, uh, my questions and I, and I do have them somewhere. And on this segment, because you're getting a little bit of context, Nick found <laughs> a series of artsy pictures of me that I posted on Instagram. I, I think about six months ago, I was like, I'm going to do something different. So there's like three pictures of me. One is, uh, and, and, uh, there's like leaves behind <coughs> me and it's black and white and it's like i'm in a french art house film and i'm staring off into middle distance or whatever and then it's almost like a comic and the in the second pane i'm looking in one direction and then in the final pane i'm uh asleep <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah that's that's the picture just in case you notice someone asking about the picture Okay, so, so am I
2: the only person who was reminded of uh, Barney's like uh, film festival movie in The Simpsons when he saw that? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No, tell me more. The Springfield f- film festival. It was like really old episode of The Simpsons. And it was all like in black and white and. It was just this really sad thing, and all I remember is at the end of it, he lays this rose down
1: on top of himself and closes his eyes and goes, don't cry for me, I'm already <laughs> dead. I remember this now. I, I specifically remember that quote. That's great. that was the, uh, the
2: football in the groin episode.
1: Yes. Oh, man. We are going to cover a Simpsons game on the Sega Genesis one of these days. Oh, man. I know it's going to happen. All right. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the first question just because we've got a lot of questions. And some of them are repeats uh, because they're running gags. So let's roll with that. (laughs) So Christopher Kellogg asks, hi, Aaron. After looking at the set of photos here, I have just one question. Were you listening to Two Dudes in a Nest? I bet it was. Woo, sick burn (laughs) because I'm asleep. Uh, Yes. You, you know, anytime someone asks you a question like that, just answer with yes. No matter what the real answer is. So Matt Daly asks, how can we convince Nick Stevens to play Starflight? <laughs> and my my fake answer was uh, a cattle prod. And <laughs> Nick Stevens, Mr. Nick here, responded, ouch, that's when I'll stop talking. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice comeback. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll cover it sometime and, uh, soon. It'll happen. We will. And then my response was, what if it was a Sega branded cattle prod? I think it might be a little better. So, uh, yeah, you know what? We will cover the the game. It would definitely be one of my picks because I love that game. Um, and I, I still think it's the best <laughs> Star Trek game <laughs> that was not called Star Trek ever. Uh, yeah, it's... I just really like the game a lot, and yeah, we'll definitely cover it here. Either I would say this year or next year. I don't know when the stars will align. I think we're hoping to get uh, Josh Witt on that yeah, show. Yeah, he's got to come back for that. He's he's actually been recovering, uh, and he's actually gotten back to work. And he, it seems like he's getting a swift recovery now. So we're we're glad to see him back in action. Uh, so yeah, if we do Starflight, we'll definitely get Josh on the show, and I'll probably just have to make sure Nick plays the game six <laughs> months in advance <laughs> yeah. so that he actually plays it. Yeah. Uh, that's just how it works. We plan six months in advance for every episode. It, it's like it's like The Simpsons, right? They have to write the show way in advance, or they have to uh, get everything together because it takes so long to make the show. That's that's the secret behind Genesis Gems. It really takes us six months for every episode so we've actually been doing this show since about 2006 you just didn't <laughs> didn't realize it <laughs> uh, okay so Andrew Coed I hope it's Coed I apologize if, if it's not so Andrew asks what game would you want to flashback see what you did there and experience again for the first time Sega uh, good question hmm I would have to say maybe Sonic the Hedgehog two. That's that's a pretty good pick for for me. Uh, just because of how much more I enjoyed that game than the original Sonic. <laughs> I, I just remember all the the hype surrounding it uh, and everything. I just remember being so excited to play that game. Uh, if uh, we're talking Sega CDs, Snatcher or Lunar or uh, way at the top of my list I, I like this question so much that I kind of want to pass the ball over to Dan or Nick to answer this Um. <clears throat> so what game would I like to flashback to and play for the first time is that what it was again yes experience for the first time um, oh man um, it's technically impossible because you can't experience something again for the first time it would have to be another world for me yes I like that pick
2: Because I would love to be able to play that game and not know
1: what I have to do. (laughs) I would like to play that game for the first time not on the SNES (laughs) because of the load times. (laughs) Oh,
2: well, I played it on the Atari ST, so I had even longer load times. I was accessing from a floppy
1: disk when I played that. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Now, the second system I played it was on the Sega CD. So it had load times too, but I don't even think it was as bad as the SNES was. At least that version had music. Yeah. This is very true. Um, so what about you, Nick? What do you think of this question?
0: It's kind of probably stupid, but the first time I played Streets of Rage, I'd like to visit that again. Streets of Rage 2, anyways.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, I,
0: I'd agree with you. The, Streets of Rage 2. The fact that I could like, cartwheel over a guy when I grappled him and throw him from the front or throw him from the back. I don't know what it was about that, but I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wish it could be um, Pit Fighter, Fighter, (laughs) (laughs) because if I played it now for the first time, I'd just be like, man, this game is so bad. It's such a guilty pleasure. (laughs) It's such a guilty pleasure. Uh, When I was a kid, though, I I couldn't get enough of it uh, for about 20 minutes. And that's the joke. Because after that, I mean, you beat the game literally in one sitting, and it's like, oh, what's, oh, I guess that's the game. Okay. (laughs) The game's over so fast. So moving on here, Trevor Franklin from Retro Bliss. Hello? Hello? Hello. Is there anybody in there? Just not if you can hear me. Is there anyone at home? Come on now. I hear you're feeling down, so go listen to Retro Bliss. Hey, wait a minute. I think he snuck in <laughs> a bumper for his own show. You are clever. Retro, blast. Retro <laughs> Bliss. Retro Bliss. I'm gonna
2: say uh, I'm really sad that you didn't like sing that just like Pink Floyd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I should have. And really uh, yeah, yes, okay. it is a Pink. <laughs> <laughs> it is a Pink Floyd reference. Um, I should have just let you, you know what I should have let you do it, Dan. You're British. No. <laughs> 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 By default. So Trevor Franklin's real question was: I feel somehow guilty for the last question. Here's another. I love the Sega Saturn controller, not just the Model 2, even the Model 1. Am I infected with nostalgia or was it really that good? Uh, I had the Model 1 and Model 2. I was a much bigger fan of the Model 2 and I actually really liked the Sega Saturn 3D pad. I feel like the Dreamcast should have had a controller like that, whereas they decided to make it like the Sega Saturn controller, but take away two buttons, which kind of made me sad. So I don't think it's just nostalgia. There's something really good and uh really solid about especially the the Model 2. The Model 1 kind of had these concave buttons that in the con- the D-pad I wasn't a huge fan of, but uh the D-pad was still infinitely better in my mind <laughs> than than the PlayStation, which is still used today. Yeah. That D-pad amazingly, it, though it it's pretty solid for like first person shooter games where you want to kind of press a direction to pull up something or whatever Uh, but yeah, Sega Saturn controllers, I'm all for them I love them, especially Model 2 and yeah, the Model 2 the difference was, it was uh, a little thinner I guess and uh, more sleek yeah Um, as Trevor said and I like the layout a little more Just a really solid controller to hold. And I think, I forgot what company it was. Maybe it was Capcom. Went and uh, put out a controller for the PS2 that was surprisingly very similar to the Sega Saturn pad. And it was a fighting game controller. Okay, so moving on here. David Miller, who I've known for years, (laughs) says... Panel 1, whoa, what if Aladdin on the Genesis is better than the SNES version? Oh, gosh. Panel 2, wait, where's Nick? <laughs> Panel 3, screw it, nap time. <laughs> That's Good in the one, past, man. guys. Let's just forget about that, all right? Just just stop. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I, will, <laughs> so, I will stand by that for a long time. So. <laughs> so Nick Mellon asks, I'm a few episodes behind since I got hooked on a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Do you... And the guys enjoy or have time for any tabletop gaming. Uh, sadly, right now, I don't. But um, I would really like to get back into it. And I know there's a lot of online avenues now for doing that. Um, as a kid, I played a bit of Vampire and Werewolf. Yeah. And um, I remember getting in trouble because I stayed the night at my buddy's house and we played those games all night and uh, my parents didn't know where I was but that's another <laughs> story but uh yeah D&D I remember having like the some of the books and I remember playing a lot of the AD&D gold box games but I never I can't ever say I've played a full game of D&D um I think I rolled for a character sheet, but I never played the game. <laughs> what about you guys? I, I
2: used to be in a group about 12 years ago, um, back when I first moved to the U.S. for a couple of years in the the first town I, I lived in out here. Um, but I haven't had a chance to play in over a decade. I'd love to be able to get back into it. I still have a bunch of the books. I um, also got to play some of the other offshoot systems as well did a call of cthulhu campaign which was a lot of fun and another one called fireborn which was all about playing as people descended from dragons so nice i love tabletop gaming but i haven't had a chance to do it in years
1: isn't that called uh breath of fire isn't that (laughs) it's the same same concept similar yes yeah that's awesome uh what about you mr nick i never played any role-playing Games like I, I play a lot of strategic. That's when you say nerds. Nerds, no, a lot of, of strategic. <laughs> nerds.
0: Uh, my roommate and I in college and a few other buddies used to play some hardcore games, some Monopoly. I'm talking like flip. hardcore, like the that's hardest the, of the hardcore. That's probably hardcore. Not a good thing to say. But like, I'm, I'm like they used to play for real property. real property. I mean, it was at that point where someone would call your cell phone, you'd walk off, and you'd pass go. And if you didn't ask for your two hundred dollars, you didn't get it. Uh, a lot of a lot of tables got flipped over <laughs> on that game. It was fun though, Monopoly. Serious, (laughs) all it was big time. (laughs) A lot of poker when I was in. We played a lot of a lot of poker. But no, I I I, um my wife and a bunch of our friends been playing that game Catan a lot lately. That looks fun. I don't know if that's if you consider that a tabletop game or not. But I've seen I've seen tables flipped over that game before. I I don't know how to play it. I just kind of watched a little bit. Looked fun, but uh, I don't know. Would love to try though. I'm I'm. I'm always open to that stuff. I've I've watched some games of D and D, and it looked interesting, but I just never got into it.
1: Yeah, I think it would be be fun to experience something like that. Uh, I don't, you know what? It's it's just a time thing. It's a time commitment, uh, which I'm finding harder and harder. If I can't even ep- edit an episode of Retro Obscura, which is coming <laughs> back, by the way, I promise. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I could devote you know, time every week to do d and I would love to, but that's what Twitch is for. You can watch other people do it and live vicariously through them. <laughs> I know there's uh, Critical Role is out there. Uh, there's, there's a few other cool D&D sessions you can go check out. Uh, but, yeah, I am very interested. I know there's uh, different things you can get online now to, to connect people people across the world and do an online game which would be great because it's you know what in texas we don't even have basements really so it's kind of hard to gather in your mom's basement it's just not <laughs> not a possibility down here <laughs> so next question is from otto and otto asks the otto gregerson w- who that is? yes okay. otto gregerson patreon sorry. supporter thank you sir thank you uh, what is the best golf game on the Mega Drive? Yes, I am Norwegian. And why does Sega have so many sports games? Um, you know what? That's a good question. I think EA had had a major part in that, and then Sega, yep, being really into getting those big-time uh, celebrities endorsing their games, like uh, Buster Douglas, who was famous <laughs> for about five minutes. You know, when he knocked out. <laughs> Mike Tyson, and then he promptly lost the title. Uh, <laughs> but in that time, Sega was like, "Hey, let's go ahead and grab him for our game." And that's how we got Buster Douglas Boxing, which was like a reskin of a potato game. Anyway, long story short, uh, why does Sega have so many sports games? I can I can definitely answer that. It's just because they had the acumen already. They, you know, they they put out uh, games on the Master System and and Had a vast library already of, uh, yeah, I guess a proven track record. Not not necessarily that all the sports games on the Master System were great, but Sega knew how to make sports games, and EA, uh, as well. They'd been making various sports games, uh, since the mid 80s, at least. And also,
2: yeah, would you say it may have had something to do with Sega's, uh, like, Processor? Attempt to have like the 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 cool appearance, <laughs> yes, no, the the cooler appearance over say like uh, other games like the Nintendo, which were seen as more of a nerdy things.
1: Yeah, yeah, more kitty, more nerdy. Uh, I I would definitely agree. It, and uh, Sega was trying to appeal to a more teenage and older demographic, and more people of those age ranges would be likely to play sports games over anything else, I would think. Yeah, and and, so and, and
0: something people forget. Um, you know, the the best basketball games out on the market right now are the 2K games, which actually developed from Sega Sports because whenever uh, Sega Sports went to the Dreamcast, they made NBA 2K, which was
1: NBA 2000. And that was that uh, Visual Concepts? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know,
0: it, you're right, you're right, Visual Concepts. And they actually... Um, yeah they, they started a sega sports the visual concepts and then now they they do 2k basketball every year which just keeps i don't like a lot of sports games that are that are uh, current but a buddy of mine uh, buys these every year and they, they still hold up pretty well so it's pretty neat how it actually went from sega sports to 2k sports and they're yeah one of the best uh publishers out there doing that stuff
1: yeah no, no they i agree they're they're pretty great and Sega Sports, you know, had some, some good games. They couldn't always compete with EA, at least on the Sega Genesis, but uh, I think there were some good games. As far as the best golf game on Sega Genesis, <laughs> I mean, what do you got? You got Arnold Palmer. You got PGA. T.T. Rodriguez. PGA games. <laughs> you got the T.T. <laughs> Rodriguez game. <laughs> right? Which is uh, – and then uh, Chi's Pro Challenge Golf, which I think is um, – top pro golf 2. i don't think the original game came out over here but those are pretty solid golf games um my favorite golf game maybe it's just because i played it the most was the uh the fred couples <laughs> 36 holes golf on 32x i have that i'm disappointed it's it's probably not the best golf I'm disappointed game. You you didn't say Arnold Palmer just for the port of Fantasy Zone. (laughs) This is true. We mentioned that like twice on the show, though the uh, the hidden Fantasy Zone mini game, which is insane. How you have to unlock it, which is like you have to knock the ball ninety nine times out of (laughs) bounds.
0: Just the craziest thing. If if you're looking for a good retro golf game, uh, and I hate to talk Nintendo, but there's there's a golf game called the Skins game on Super Nintendo. Wonderful golf game. So there you
1: go. This is a family show. (laughs) (laughs) why
0: did it sound like you had that prepared i just played it a lot as a kid and it was wonderful no i mean aaron (laughs) his (laughs) response this is a family show he knew he
1: knew i was gonna talk super nintendo again yes okay so let's move on we're gonna have to table this sega golf discussion for another time when we can really dig deep because I honestly Who would have thought this would go on. That one? I know <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing a podcast about flashback. I swear, I swear we are. Uh, but you know what? Some people say they like the ask Aaron segment. So we'll, we'll keep on, keep on going here. So Timmy Mac asks, what are your feelings on Epic hummingbird shooter Calibri? I like it better than echo the dolphin because I have no clue what to do. And if you're wondering <laughs> what the connection between these two games is, um, uh, both games were developed by Novatrade, I believe. And so uh, Dan actually posted something here. He showed me there's a, a Penny Arcade webcomic. I'm just going to read it here. It says, best games we haven't played yet, but maybe it's great. And it says, Final Fantasy X on PS2. Best Hummingbird-based shooter available for it at 32X. Uh, and Sorry, I must preface this by saying this is the 25th annual Penny Arcade Gaming Awards. So, best hummingbird base shooter available for the 32X? And the answer is Calibri. And uh, it's, it says, best fighting game from SNK since that other one. And it says, Fatal Fury, Mark of the Wolves. And it has a gravestone for SNK, 1978 to 2001. <laughs> oh, man. And, and I wonder if that's where that uh, best hummingbird <laughs> themed shooter on the 32X came from. That's great. That's exactly where that came
3: from.
2: <laughs> oh man, this, this is a this is a like this issue is from like 2001.
1: But yeah, the, it's uh, been around uh, that long. I forgot that's where that came from. Yep, that's awesome. So to to answer your question, Timmy, um, I've spent much more time playing Echo than Calibri, though I have played both, and I have to say they're both they're both solid games. I'm more on the Echo camp just because. Um, I feel like they're two different games and I like <laughs> I feel like Echo was much more unique in terms of actual gameplay but I can see for people who couldn't get into Echo just because uh they maybe they didn't like dolphins or <laughs> some of the puzzles uh yeah I totally understand your love for Calibri and I support I you I adore Colibri. 100%. It's not as cool as Apidia which I think, was that another Hummingbird-themed shooter? Or you play as as a fly? I can't remember. You remember Epidia on Amiga? Yeah, I believe you played as a fly in that one. Mm, Okay, you were like a human that turned into a fly. But it was definitely based around similar concepts of blasting the heck out of things in nature.
0: (laughs) How about Biohazard Battle? That's a good
3: one. Yeah, that was a
1: really (laughs) solid uh, two-player bio-shooter game. (laughs) Not B.O. Bio. That game had
2: such good music.
1: Yeah. It did. And the graphics at the time were... Check out those graphics. <laughs> they were pretty good. So, Ken Kuzumal, who drew our logo. Thank you, Ken. Big shout out, Ken. It... Yes.
2: Oh, you played as a wasp in Empydea. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, just, I had to look it up. Yes. Um, Who do you think is the strongest bad guy in the Sega universe? Uh, it was obviously... Arnold in Revenge of the Shinobi. I mean, <laughs> come on. He, he's probably, well, Oh, that or Godzilla. Maybe Godzilla. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm thinking Revenge of the Shinobi here just because of all the unlicensed bad guys in that game. <laughs>
3: hmm.
1: You have any big bads? I don't know, man. Metal Sonic. I always thought Metal Sonic was a, a harder boss battle than Dr. Robotnik. I'm
2: gonna say Doctor Obotnik just because of his resilience. Yeah. I mean he's been in how many games and they still haven't managed to kill the guy.
1: <laughs> I know. He should be dead by now. <laughs> no, especially
2: with especially from like you know like heart disease or something like
1: I that. I know, too many jelly donuts. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Nick DeMarco, good pal Nick, down in the Genesis Gems dungeon. What do you feel is a scientific name for the phenomenon known as the cooler side of the pillow? <laughs> I have, You know what? That's a good question. And I can't answer that. I said to defer to Ken here. He said Lando Car- <laughs> Carrosian <laughs> from Star <Cal-Rosian>. Wars. <laughs> yeah, I can't even pronounce his last name right. Carrosian. See, I was gonna say Billy
2: D Williams. Billy so. D, man.
0: Yeah. Are you a Are you a Trekkie, Aaron?
1: <laughs> no, I like Star Wars and Star Trek. Uh, I, I've got that T-shirt that says "Number One Star Wars Fan" and it has a picture of the Enterprise. <laughs> I love it. <that. laughs> it's like my favorite shirt, and or like that one that's like "Use the Force, Harry," and it's like got a picture of Patrick Stewart and on a wand, and uh, yeah, it's just. Great. I always
0: like the Beavis and Butthead episode where they're they're in Star Wars uh, or uh, Star Trek Next Generation and Butthead's like number one. I'd command you to take a number two.
3: Yes,
1: <laughs> that is great. <laughs> oh, so and, and Nick Nick's follow up question. Which he, he's always got solid questions. Uh, this this is partly related to his second question. Oh, and also. How much is a bottle of the cologne you're obviously trying to pitch <laughs> through these photos? Uh, how much money do you have, Nick? That's the real question. It's too much. I like his
2: name for it, though. Frequency by Hickman. Frequency by
1: Hickman. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that. I have,
0: a, I have a feeling he could write a good jingle for that. You guys could collaborate. Okay.
1: <laughs> yes, we will. Uh, Ken <laughs> asks again one more question. Everyone else seems to get to ask more than one question, so here's <laughs> one, one, one more for you. Pulseman or Mega Man? On uh, the Sega Genesis, I would go with Pulseman, and that's because uh, there wasn't an original game of Mega Man on the Sega Genesis. There was only the Mega Man collection, the uh, Wily Wars, which did have a cool boss rush mode, but yeah, I go with Pulseman because the graphics are better, and uh, it's got really solid gameplay, and it sadly didn't come out over here, but there is a fan translation out there. And hey, it was one of those rare games that uh, Game Freak actually worked on before they joined the dark side and went over to Nintendo. (laughs) Pokemon. Yeah, But uh, the other thing is that I try to limit the questions from people to two questions, just because uh, otherwise this will be a four-hour podcast, and I know that nick does not want to edit a four-hour podcast we
0: may just start doing like
1: mini episodes of just ask aaron right <laughs> <Like> episode 62.5 <laughs>
3: I, <laughs>
1: I know we're already in a, already about 50 minutes in no it's all good i'll speed through the rest of these uh <laughs> so chris collag is like i'll join with a two-question limit are you gonna drink one tab or moxie i've only ever had tab um i've heard moxies like drinking drano so uh, no thanks yeah, yeah I,
0: I'm not even sure. I had to Google that because I've had Tab too. I don't. I never heard of that other one.
1: Yeah, I, d- Does I don't any, know.
2: Anyone remember Tab Clear? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> is that like <laughs> had Pepsi Clear too?
1: Is that like toilet it's like water? Pepsi Pepsi? That? Yeah, that's right. the Tab version. Is it carbonated toilet water? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much.
0: Aaron, you had some okay. cheer wine when you were in our neck of the woods, didn't you?
1: I did. Okay. I did have cheer wine, and I was surprised it didn't get me drunk. Because <laughs> it turned out just they to be soda. I was so disappointed. <laughs> they sell that at my local video game arcade. Apparently, was it? Uh, I think Moxie is like the official drink of Milwaukee, or something crazy like that. I'd look it up too. Somewhere in the Northeast, they they drink that stuff by the gallon. No. So Dan Kelly asks, "What are rainbow? <laughs> what are rainbow made of? Oh gosh. Uh, Skittles, uh, of course. <laughs> Taste it." <laughs>
2: to, to just just to bring up Dan Kelly here um him and I recently did uh stream through about half of flashback uh in preparation
1: for this show the back so half or the front, front half the front half <laughs>
2: I'm assuming you beat so, stage one yeah, <laughs> yes. yes we we got up in to the second portion of earth i believe which is like stage five yeah um so you can check that out on my youtube channel
1: what you should do is beat the game backwards why, why don't people do that you know in these games are segmented by levels beat the last level and then do the password screen and then beat the second to last level and it's like listening to an album backwards right and then you i'm s- gonna start doing that that would be very interesting <laughs> that, that's gonna be my hook <laughs> just to like start the game on the hardest possible level and see how the difficulty curves then <laughs> okay, so uh, Ian McGarry asked, "What is love?" But he did not frame it in the form of a question. So I had to ding him, and I said, "Is this a question <laughs> or a Jeopardy answer?" You lose, sir. <laughs> Good so <Aaron> day. Ask. <laughs> I did. So Nick Stevens asked, "What? Do you, wait." Who do you like better, Dan or Nick? Don't force me to choose, man. Uh, You know, Nick gets seniority only because I've known him longer. But I think you're both swell guys. And uh, that was just
0: mean, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm leaving
1: just for that. I am done with this podcast. Yes. You know, we thank you for your Patreon donation.
3: (laughs) You jerk.
1: (laughs) <laughs> don't let the door hit you or the Lord split you. Okay. Oh, That's it guys. I'm gone. Leave him. i
2: hate
0: this trip. He's, he's not even in the room anymore. <laughs> nope.
1: <laughs> so Gabe oh. asks let's see what Gabe asks. So Gabe asks, What's your favorite soda of choice? Um I don't drink soda anymore. Maybe I should ask Dan. Hey Dan, are you back yet? He's really gone. Is he, is he still on the call? Yeah, he's still on the call. He'll, he'll <laughs> so here. so uh, my favorite soda uh, growing <coughs> up was either uh, surprisingly Fresca or Fresca. Diet Dr. Pepper. Um, but mostly Diet Dr. Pepper, just because there's something about that soda. And uh, Diet Big Red. I'm listing all these Diet Sodas. It's because I've been type 1 most of my life, type 1 diabetic. So... Uh yeah, that's what I gotta go with. But there's also stuff like Italian cream soda, which is amazing. If oh, yeah. you ever had a real Italian cream yes, soda, it's great. Uh, root beer floats are awesome. I've <laughs> been a big, big fan of those. So, Dan Kelly asks, "How much pizza do I have to feed my turtle for maximum ninja skill?" You know, if I was playing Ninja Turtles, I would say a whole pizza will do you good. Cowabunga Yeah Pizza time Yes So Daniel Walker Asked Can you feel the love tonight? <laughs> and Nick Mellon Responds There's a calm surrender To the rush of day And Nick Stevens Responded with What's love Got to do with it? <laughs> and Timmy Just kept it going This is a love train guys uh, Hakuna Matata Thank you, guys. Love's all you Uh, need. I don't know really how to... You know, I can feel the love. I don't know about Dan, because I I think we just kind of ostracized him a bit. I apologize, Dan. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But we thank you for your Patreon (laughs) donations. I mean... (laughs) Um, So, Adam Miller...
3: All by myself.
1: Don't want to be... Okay, so Adam Miller asks, not including Mania and Genesis style, is your favorite gameplay... Format for Sonic. Uh, Sega has tried lots, so there's plenty of choice. Um, so, mainline games, I liked. Uh, I haven't played Sonic Colors yet, but uh, Sonic Adventure Two, Solid, Sonic Generations, pretty great. Um, I liked. Honestly, I feel Sonic CD is is its own thing. I like the idea of going into the future and, and past. Uh, and it felt a little bit more like a. there's some more puzzle elements to the game because you, you'd have to search the level. Instead of trying to get from point A to point B as fast as possible, you'd end up searching the level in Sonic CD to find one of the endless loops to get you to the past or get you to the future. So I did like that. Uh, in terms of 2D or 3D, um, that's kind of hard. I Did you pick up on the rest of his question there too? Oh, yeah. He said, "Um, for me, it's the Generations Forces format, but I do think that Lost World has lots of potential. I've never played Lost World. Can anyone tell me if it's any good?
2: It is phenomenal, but it got a lot of negative press for some reason. Um, It's definitely my favorite of the 3D Sonics.
1: Really? I wonder, why Mm -hmm. did it get negative press?
2: The game had more of a focus on... And like more, it, it was slower than most 3D Sonic games, yeah. but the level design was really well done. Uh, but because it wasn't like push-up-to-go-fast Sonic, people yeah. kind of just discredited it.
1: Which is Sonic and the Secret Rings. and I've still... You know, it's so sad. There's so many Sonic games I still haven't played uh, post-Sega Genesis um, and post-Dreamcast. Like, I, I haven't... I don't even know. I keep hearing Sonic Unleashed is all right until you turn into a wolf. And (laughs) Sonic 06 (laughs) is just an abomination. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. But the Sonic DS games I've heard are pretty, or or the uh, Sonic GBA games are pretty good. Uh, Sonic DS ain't bad, though. I don't like playing really fast-paced games on two screens. It's uh, it's not, not the best. So I don't know. What do you guys think of that one?
0: Sonic Chronicles.
1: <laughs> I already talked about so- it. Sonic
3: Chronicles. <laughs> Sonic Chronicles. <laughs> what did uh, Ferg say? Sonicles. Sonicles.
1: Yes, it's all about Sonic RPG. Uh You know, I do like the... Uh, there's been a few things. There's like a Sonic Puzzle Party game. There's a... Uh, oh, Sonic Shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's a. I Sonic... I wish they would make another Sonic Pinball game. I would love that. So, think about it, Sega. Sonic Baby. Yeah, I,
2: I, I did really enjoy Sonic CD myself as well.
1: Yeah, and and uh, Christmas nights where you could play as Sonic, a bit. The All Star All Star
0: Racings was wonderful. You guys haven't played that? Yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: there were two games, right? There, no, there was like yeah. there were, I've only played like a series of Sonic racing games. And Sonic R, I did own it for Sega Saturn. <laughs> not a terrible game, but not a great game. Uh, the
2: GameCube version of that is amazing because it has four player.
1: That is awesome. I had no idea. That's really cool. I, I remember enjoying it. Now, the, the controls were a little floaty, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it. But, yeah, uh, the Sonic All-Star Racing Unleashed. Was it Unleashed? Yeah, that was, like, the sequel to the original game. I have played that. It's really good, and I love all of the forgotten <laughs> mascots that show up in the game yeah exactly like sega's like oh I, re- I remember making these games and we'll never make them again so here we go so sean robinson asks in the spirit of international talk like a pirate day what are the best games for the sega consoles with pirates in them and speaking of which are you guys going to review skies of arcadia on a patreon episode yes yeah the answer is always yes uh, yeah, we will cover Skies of Arcadia, just like um, you're going to find out something... Well, you already did, I guess. Uh, I think Nick revealed that he's never played Flashback. I've never played Skies of Arcadia. You can oh, shoot wow. me in the face right now. I haven't. I haven't played the Dreamcast version or the GameCube version, so uh, you can take away my Sega card right now. I, I really huh. do want to play it, though. To answer I'm your question... Admit yeah, you am that I don't even like the game. Oh, Ooh, so sad. Well, Dan, you've already been kicked off the pod. We, we can't re-kick you off the podcast. <laughs> no, I left last time. You can kick you me off You know what? Now. Uh, it says here in the paperwork that we fired you. You were fired. Sweet. <laughs> uh, you were severed. So no, no. Severed. <laughs> severed. You were made redundant. Whatever. You can't have an opinion on that <laughs> game. You haven't played it. It's the greatest... It's the greatest uh, s- it Sonic team. I can't remember uh, the greatest game I've not ever played. There, there you go. Um, that makes sense. Yes. So talk <laughs> like a pirate day. Uh, y- you know what? Shadowrun, Data Pirates. You got there you go. pirates. Pirates Gold, which uh, is not my favorite version of pirates, though it's still a really solid game. We're uh, not including you, Hook, yeah. Hook in there. <laughs> No, hook is <laughs> of the barrel. It's <laughs> street rat, street rat. Get her <laughs> trash. Yeah. You've also got hey, you can be I think you can be a pirate in uh in Starflight quite a bit. And then of course there's the underappreciated High Seas Havoc, which I think is a really solid game and you've also got um well, dark water is it what is it called you know what you want to talk about dark waters pirates of no pirate pirates of dark water yeah pirates of dark water was that on was that on genesis i thought it was
2: i remember there was a super nintendo game based on the cartoon it was like a streets of rage style brawler
1: i am right i'm always right it's pirates of dark water and it is on the sega genesis Oh, cool! Yeah, if it's anything like the Super Nintendo version, it's an amazing game. Uh, wasn't the Super Nintendo version uh, a beat 'em up game? Yeah, like a Streets of Rage. No, game. the Sega Genesis game is nothing like that. Oh, okay. it's by Iguano, I don't know anything about it. Which could go good or bad. Ah, uh, we'll just have to play it one day <laughs> to find out. Anyway. Blake Worrell, we're, we're on the second to last question here. So, Blake asks, who's Baby and why are they always trying to hurt you? <laughs> baby Ruth. And Yane McGarry says, don't hurt him, don't hurt him no more. Oh, I love you guys. <laughs> You're going to have to do a uh, chiptune version of uh, Hathaway's song, aren't you? <laughs> I, and and you know what? I'll do a chiptune version, but it will be a different song. <laughs> No, uh are is anybody who's asked what is love are are they on our patreon and they have they donated enough for me to write them a song because that's totally <laughs> gonna happen if they have <laughs> so jared adams asks, do you believe in life after love he, he has <laughs> he definitely is a, uh, a high patreon giver so <laughs> you know i I, f- I feel something inside myself but i r- really just don't think it's strong enough <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Karen. <laughs> and uh, that's it for Ask Aaron. Now we're going to move on to the main part of this show, which is Ask Aaron Part Two. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's Aaron <laughs> Part Two. On the flashback, Six, episode sixty-two
0: point five. Anyways, hey, game on, Aaron. Game on. Game on, Dan. Game on.
2: Game on. Yeah, game on.
0: Flashback: The quest for identity—is that what it's called?
1: Yeah, the quest for identity, which you literally solve <laughs> in like, the second level. In <laughs> the the second beginning level, of the second which level, which took yes. me at least a good three days to get to. <laughs> so for some people, that's a lifetime of questions. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, good. we we made we made good. Fun. It was
0: good. But, no, no, it was good fun. There's a lot of things that uh, I learned that I wish I would have known when I first started playing it. But anyways, I like to kick off this part with memories. I don't have a lot of memories of this game. I, uh, um, you'll, you'll see my opinion changes as we get through the show, but I kind of stayed away from this because I wasn't big into Out of This World and Prince of Persia at the time, so I thought, oh, I really don't want to play another one of those games. But that was kind of my, my take on it when I saw it uh, in the emulation days and whatnot. But uh, How about you guys? You guys seem to have a very tight, uh, tight-knit tight uh, memory of this game.
1: Um, I will go first just so Dan can go last, because uh, <laughs> you know, you gotta save the best for last. There you go. No, I, I think uh, right it was his, it was his pick, so I'll go ahead and go now and leave him for last. Uh, for me, I was a huge fan of Prince of Persia and uh, Out of This World, as, as we call it. Not not another world, uh, which we didn't find out was the real name until much later. But yeah, I, I liked cinematic platformers. I liked adventure games. I liked things with with puzzles, things that kind of got a little more cerebral, I guess, and with, you, you really can't talk about Flashback without talking about Another World and my, at least personally, my memory of that game and just the really cool uh, cinematic experience um, where the game would transition into these awesome rotoscopes, animations. In like right into the main game uh, almost without a transition in many cases and just throw you right into the game. And uh, even as a kid it, it captured my imagination and in flashback I just remember being so hyped up yeah, and reading about it in EGM and GamePro and I was just super excited for this game and I don't know if how we ended up with a copy of the game on the Sega Genesis if we just rented it and didn't return it or (laughs) what but Flashback was everywhere and it was getting you know rave reviews in all the magazines it's just one of those games that you had to play and check it out and I I didn't know the connection between it and out of this world Um, even as a kid I remember people saying oh yeah it's it's the sequel to that game or there's a connection between them right Um, and we'll get into that connection more but yeah when I when I played Flashback I was just kind of blown away that you could get graphics like that uh, on the Sega Genesis and just have it be such a fluid experience. And the the full screen animations and the attention to detail in every level, uh, just amazing art assets. And I think the coolest thing to me was the, just the way the main character, Conrad, moved. As a kid, I just thought it was so cool that the, the way he ran you know um, and it was even more fluid than you saw in Prince of Persia which I loved and in uh, Out of This World it just seemed like a real person running around the screen and that kind of drew me into the game more and the fact that you could kind of skulk around with your gun by your side it was just so cool it was almost like a stealth game but not quite because you really didn't uh, you snuck around a little bit, but most of the time it was just like, you'd roll towards the enemy and just blast him in the face. But yeah, those are, those are some of my memories. I'll go ahead and defer to Daniel.
2: Yeah, um, Flashback's a pretty huge game for me, um, <clears throat> like, growing up, my parents weren't gamer- gamers at all. Like, they certainly never really played any games with me, um but back when I was a kid and we had the Atari ST we had gotten a copy of Another World from my uncle and he like showed them what the game was like and it kind of grabbed their interest because it had that, that very dark, serious like, more mature tone to it, the game was a lot more cerebral, it was a lot more about figuring out puzzles and it is the only game w- Ever that I certainly remember my mom playing other than Tetris and uh, but it, it was the only game that we ever worked together on um, like every single puzzle in the game we would sit down and figure it out together as a family or you know I would come home from school one day and my mom would have been playing it and she'd be there like I figured out how to get past this part and then my dad would come home and we'd all sit down and she'd show us how to do it and we'd get through those that parts. That was awesome, really cool. And then my uncle told us about the game Flashback, that he'd heard about it, and that it was going to be Another World 2, was the way he put it. And like how it looked so much better, how it looked a lot more realistic, and we were all really excited about it. And then we found out that it was not going to be coming out for the Atari ST. And it was, you know, it was crushing for me because I'd expected to have this other game that we'd all play through together, and was really happy about it. And it wasn't until years later when um, I was at a used video game store that I saw just the cartridge for Flashback sitting there, and I saw it, and I saw the picture of the character on the on the cover, and I. I actually, honestly, didn't believe it was going to be the same game, but, you know, I asked my mom for the money, I bought it, got home, loaded it up, and was instantly blown away by how the game looked. Um, but I remember seeing the Delphine Software International logo pop up, and remember that being the, the name of the company that made the first game, so we instantly knew this is the game we were all excited for. Sadly, my parents didn't play it with me again, but they, they'd like to watch me play that one, so I have a lot of really good memories with that. Um, but yeah, as Aaron was saying, like the coolest things about it were the fact that everything was so much more fluid, so much more real looking, the character animations were amazing in the game, and it, it was just this really cool cinematic experience coupled with these memories I already had for playing Another World, it's a game that I just had such a really strong attachment to. And it's a game I'll still go back to every couple years and play through just like Another World because it's, it's a really special game for me. And this is actually the first real time I've played the Sega Genesis version. I owned it for years as part of my collection, but I never really played that version because I had more of a connection to the Super Nintendo one. So it's been cool going through this version of it this time.
1: It's, but, yeah, it's yeah. pretty interesting. You might have noticed a few of the differences between the two games, like as far as the speed of the cinemas.
2: Yep, that's the big one.
1: Uh, yeah, and of course, the Sega Genesis version, it's. I don't know if it's the fastest version, but it's certainly faster than the the slower speed of the cinemas and the SNES, uh, what, what the SNES could do at the time, I guess, or what the programmers could do. Because it just felt a little sluggish comparatively. And, and also Nintendo had uh, a problem with censorship at the time. Uh, they hadn't yet released Mortal Kombat 2. Um, and so flashback, which I don't even feel, even though you have a gun and you blast enemies away, it's definitely not uh, violent. It's violent, but it's there's not any blood in the game. So it's kind of funny that Nintendo still censored parts of the game uh, or or made Delphine censor things like uh, when you go to the bar in level two, it's a cafe, (laughs) which, yeah, yeah, it definitely looks like a cafe, guys. Right. Uh, But that was part of Nintendo's whole no alcohol. And then also when you go to Death Tower, isn't it like Doom Tower or something like that? Yep. Yeah. So, different little things like that. And honestly, it still holds up pretty well. Uh, of course, the, the color palette is a little brighter on the SNES, but it's still amazing and still my, probably my favorite version uh, on the Sega Genesis, next to maybe the Sega CD version, um, except for the cinemas. I'm not a big fan of the cinemas in the Sega CD version. They're, what, no comment on the voice acting? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty terrible, too. Like that that one guy in the first level you need to get the teleporter for <laughs> yes
3: help help <laughs>
1: <laughs> or you get to the uh, I forgot what the guy sounded like but you know you, you get to death tower and don't you get like a, a voiceover I, n- I haven't played that far on the Sega CD version actually I remember I remember getting that far and I want to say uh, there was a at least when you get to the end um, and the guy here's your money but yeah, we're kind of jumping ahead of ourselves. Uh, but yeah, man, that's, it's kind of awesome. Uh, Dan, everything that you kind of experienced to get to this game, <laughs> but going back to what you're saying about the Sega Genesis version, what, what did you think of that, that version now that you've actually played it? Um, <clears throat> I'll say there's
2: positives oh. and negatives to it. Yeah. Uh, from what I remember, the super Nintendo version was fairly consistent throughout as far as it's, uh, uh, Gameplay speed was. Uh, I noticed the Genesis version does hit some points of slowdown during a particularly busy combat. Um, I also preferred the sound and music in the Super Nintendo version, though I've heard some conflicting opinions from other people. Stop on that talking!
3: One. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> Um, and the other big difference is how long it takes to save the game on the Genesis version yes. compared to the Super Nintendo version. On the Super Nintendo version, it's about five seconds. On the Genesis version, it feels like, like yeah, five minutes, yeah. even though it's definitely not that
0: So it's long. actually shorter
1: in the Super Nintendo version? Yes, oh, wow. it's,
2: it's somewhere in the range of five to ten seconds as opposed to like the 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> it, on it's,
1: one. it's just weird how nostalgia plays tricks on your mind, too, because... I grew up with both games. Like, we rented or we had... We had a Sega Genesis and an SNES. So, at some point, I did play Flashback on SNES. Um, Though I I have much more vivid memories on the Sega Genesis. So, I would say, yeah, it's just slower on the SNES, you know. And and then you dig deeper, you're like, "Uh, no, there's little nuances to that statement. Mm -hmm. Cinemas are slower. But, yeah, as you said, there's... And uh, I think the... I love the music cues in the game in general, but yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. the sound design of what was in the Sega Genesis sounds much more MIDI than what you would hear, uh, or, you know, general MIDI, I guess you'd say, than what you hear in the SNES.
2: The sound samples are a lot crunchier on the Genesis too. Yeah. Um, That was especially apparent when I was playing it the other day. I had it hooked up to some external speakers. And whenever there's like the, especially in the jungle, the background sounds of the animals playing, uh, you can always tell when a sound sample is about to play because you start getting this fizzing crackle (laughs) that will go on for also a second or two after the sample finishes too. So, um, but at that point, it's just like kind of audiophile problems (laughs) when you get that far.
1: Yeah. That means that they did not clear out the <laughs> the space on the file. Lazy people, huh? I'm telling you. <laughs> no.
2: Yeah,
0: screw those guys.
1: I know. It's a horrible <laughs>
0: game. I don't know if it had anything to do with these guys, but this game was published and devel- It was published by US Gold and developed by Delphine Software International. Um, you know,
1: it was the. <laughs> it was the best partnership for one game. For one game.
2: Yeah, because you can't say much good about US Gold you otherwise. Really,
1: they, so they were a, a US Gold. Give a little background on them. They Elder were Scrolls a, The arena guys. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean uh, US Gold was a, a budget house uh, based out of the UK, I believe. Uh, oh, I had I have very
2: very big memories of US Gold. They
1: a released a lot of. Sh- shoddy games um, for the microcomputers before moving on to the Sega Genesis and putting out such wonderful things as Strider 2 by Tiertex. <laughs>
2: Didn't they do Blaster Master 2 as well?
1: Uh, y- I I can't recall if they published that one, they, they might have, but I know that was Software Creations who developed that one. You're it's not the, the worst game, but it's definitely not Blaster Master.
0: They had the Incredible Hawk, that was, that was interesting.
1: That had the best music, but the <laughs> gameplay wasn't that great. Yeah, so US Gold was never a developer on their own, but they had questionable uh, skills and in developing talent and and getting good developers on board a lot of times it was just a, a, a money grab for them but this happened to be one of those times where it was like they knew they had a really big game um and it was just the right partnership for the right time and it
2: made sense as well because I think they, they were uh, they published the Amiga version, so okay. it would make sense that they'd have the license for the uh, the Gen- uh to release the Genesis version at least.
1: Yeah. Right, and did they did they do the Genesis version of Out of This World? That I'm not. Sure. I want to say they did, and and then Interplay handled the SNES version. That sounds right. Yeah, um, so and Delphine Software really didn't make a lot of games before this (laughs) um you know they had a great follow up game after that didn't they (laughs) well we'll we'll get get into that but but the previous games that that they'd worked on I mean literally Out of This World was mostly worked on by one guy which was uh, Eric Chahi or however you want to pronounce his last name um, and then before that, they were pretty much making point-and-click adventure games like Future Wars and Cruise for a Corpse, um, which... One of my
2: favorites as well, Operation Stealth, which I yeah. think was known as... like a, It was the a James, James Bond, Bond game, game in the U.S.? Yes, it
1: was. Yes, it was. So Delphine was making these uh, kind of cults point-and-click games, and it wasn't until... Another World came out that they had kind of a, a box office smash, basically. And then after that, they you know, they had this engine that... Uh, Derek Chahi had worked on in, in this game, and, and they were like, you know what, we can <coughs> develop this further. And I think that was kind of how Flashback came to be. And it's really not connected to Another World in any story way. But there are echoes of the gameplay and cinematics, um, you know, from one game to another. So I guess you, oh, you you would call it a spiritual successor of sorts.
2: Oh, interesting little tidbit here, thinking about Operation Stealth. Uh, I just found out that it was designed by the same guy who designed Flashback, Paul Cuiset.
1: Yeah. Uh, Went on to do in,
0: some other games, too. Like, did you hear the game Amy that he did? Yeah. Yep, Darkstone. Yeah, that's unfortunately. I think that for the was flashback remake too.
1: Yep, I think. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're, we're only talking about good things here, okay? <laughs> I, <like laughs> I also worked on Moto Racer One and Two. Yeah, those were actually pretty solid. Yeah, and I
0: actually like Darkstone. A lot of people weren't big on that game.
1: Uh, Dark oh, Darkstone was a good budget RPG. game, and it was on PC. It was not a bad was game like, at all. I need some Diablo
0: on PS One. <laughs> it,
1: it was a really solid game for ten bucks. Absolutely. But, yeah, so we skipped right over the next game that came out after Flashback, which was (laughs) Shaq-Fu. So Delphine (laughs) uh, got the license. I said no. Yes. (laughs) I said no, Paul. So (coughs) EA published that game, and uh, we're definitely going to do an episode on Shaq-Fu, but not this time because how do you follow up one of, well, my opinion, one of the best games on the Sega Genesis? Make a fighting game. Um, and some people would say it's one of the worst, but there are definitely worse fighting games than Shaq Fu.
3: <laughs> you have oh, yeah. to admit. We've, we've covered and two of them. <laughs> you can
1: name about five of them, at yep. least, we've, on the Sega Genesis. We've covered two of them. <laughs> yes. We've, we've got more. We still have Rise of the Robots. Oh.
2: Did you guys cover Fighting Masters yet?
1: <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> no, thank you. That's a fun one. <laughs> thank you. <clears throat> Or that terrible Sages Creations, like uh, fighting game. I, I can't remember the name of it, but I, I played it yesterday. And it was just so bad. Everyone plays kind of like ranking. We haven't even ranking. Co- <laughs> we haven't even covered a good fighting game yet have we? On the Sega Genesis, no. We haven't even touched uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Or Street Fighter Two. Fatal Champions. Have to that. There's all Fatal Fury, Samurai Showdown. Man. I know brutal Paws of Fury.
2: <laughs> I like that
1: game, <laughs> Clay Fighter. <laughs> Clay Fighter. Oh, okay. no, that game is not aged that well. No, no, no.
2: Come and fight them if you dare.
1: <laughs> That's right. Oh. Power moves. <sighs> okay, so back to you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> what what well, else if, did you want to say? If we talked about the main designer of the game, who kind of took the <laughs> blueprint, uh, and and I, if if you guys want to watch something really awesome go on YouTube, go to Kim Justice, one of my favorite YouTubers. Uh, she actually put out a uh, series on Flashback uh, reviewing every game in the Flashback series. So, and kind of giving the history behind the games. It, it, probably in more depth than we, we could probably explain on the podcast.
0: Yeah. So this game was released for the Genesis in 93. Um, if you would like to buy this game today, it is going for eight dollars and eighty-two cents loose, and complete's going to run you about eighteen seventy-five.
2: Um, that's really come down. To yeah, nice. so
0: I, I got it loose for I'm going to say about six bucks on Amazon. Um, it, of course, the uh, I really like the uh, artwork that's here. Um, yeah, it, it
1: really showcases U.S. Gold and Delphine Software
0: present Flashback.
1: Which g- is cool because a lot of times the developer was kind of relegated to the back of the box. Exactly. exactly, Or th- not on the box at all. Thanks, Sega. <laughs> yeah, and and,
0: and the, the artwork itself is really cool. you got Conrad kind of looking kind of semi-diagonally. Um, he's got that little cool little uh, glass thing over his eye. I didn't make it that far in the game to even know what that was. The Scouter. Scouter. See, there you go. <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw his uh, future. you know, when he got his memories back and saw it go over his eyes. So that's really cool. Um, I, I
1: like uh, – this is one of those rare times where I like the box art for the Mega Drive version and the U.S. version. I think they're both equally great. Um, for some reason, as a kid – I think you're equally I, great, Aaron. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, for, <laughs> so, yeah, equally great. I'm getting tired. As a kid, <laughs> as a kid, the U.S. box art—I don't know why where this association came from, but I associate the person on the front of that box as Bret Hart. I, I don't know why. <laughs> the it now. makes me think of Bret Hart,
0: the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever <laughs> it will be. Makes me think of Scorpion, Scorpion, yeah, from Mortal
1: Kombat.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. But to give you a little background on the story of the game, there's a little synopsis here I've pulled off of Moby Games. Real, real short. We'll go into that right now. Uh, the year is 2142. The player takes control of Conrad B. Hart, a man who has lost his memory. After barely escaping from hostile aliens, Conrad's bike crashes on an, own, on an unknown planet. Conrad finds himself in the jungle. And from that moment on, his quest for survival and his lost identity begins. There you go. That's what happens. So very
2: cool. I mean, Complete- it seems like every Take a look at the fact that his name was Conrad B. Hart, B. Hart. <laughs> right after what Aaron Brett just Hart. said. Conrad <laughs> Bret
1: Hart. Did you Dad, mean you did that, there's Aaron? the connection? Is that what you're talking about? My brain just <laughs> made the connection. So
0: it, it, it feels like this concept of a story has been used over and over in video games, but I love it. Of starting a game, you don't have to explain all this backstory right off the get-go. You don't you have no clue who you are. I, I like games well,
1: like that. Well, you you can. It's just it happens to be a comic book. Included in the yeah, manual. I read that. Done by Marvel, which is amazing. Yeah, but I, I didn't. I, I, I think back.
0: Yeah. I think back on games like Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. Like I thought that was one of the greatest stories ever. And you had no clue who you were. You just wake up. You're some dude. And, uh, I, I it, yeah, it, it's a good idea to do that because then you,
2: like, the player knows as yes. much as the main character. Exactly.
3: It's,
0: it's much easier for me to dive into the story when that happens, but de- definitely. Uh, I like definitely that
1: sort it. of uh, in media res type thing, where you start the game up and it's literally Conrad running <laughs> from some uh, bad alien dudes. Bad alien dudes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what happened, and then the game kind of pieces it together for you as you go on. Very nice. Very nice. So,
0: as far as controls go. Um, there's a there's a lot of controls in here. You really have to really have to play around with the master. Um, I, I thank goodness Dan and Aaron were giving me some <laughs> tips as I was playing it. You I'm know, like, why can't I jump? Why can't I do this? And you know, Dan's like, well, if you hold the gun out and roll or jump off a platform, you, you land crouch with the gun already in your hand, ready to shoot. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. You know, that made my playthrough so much easier. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, your C button's what pulls the gun out. Uh, B button was kind of like your your item. Usage, uh, you could you had a inventory by hitting start, and then the A was kind of your uh, your action. Uh, whenever you could do things like that too, and then up was the jump. And when you held A and ran left to right, you could run real fast. And while you're doing that, you could hit up the jump, you could hit down to do a roll. There's about a billion other things you can do. If you're standing still, you hit A and hold up. It does like a little jump forward. I'm probably missing about fifty things here so you guys take over if i forgot all the other good controls.
1: Um so you can do a crouching roll of course, a really cool roll move. Um which is helpful when enemies are chasing you. Um and then you can also do a a running jump and he kinda of flails through the air, which is awesome. Um but the, there's an thing a thing there's such a sense
0: of satisfaction when you when you run and jump like that and grab onto yes. a ledge. I'm like, Yes, I did it.
1: Mm-hmm. You have to time it right, but yeah, there's nothing better than that. And just have him like catch the ledge, and just you know, you hold A, and he swings around on it for a bit. Uh, And of course, the animation is just so fluid in this game, Uh, more fluid than any game I could possibly think of, without it being something like Dragon's Lair. (laughs) You know, without it being actual uh, animated footage, uh, it just felt the most fluid of anything up to that point. Um, oh yeah, even even
2: today, like the animation for Comrade and Flashback is almost unparalleled with most two D games.
1: Yeah, even games that try to be like Flashback, uh, still cannot quite measure up to how fluid some of his movements are.
2: And that was kind of Delphine's trademark as well. They were really well known for just cinematic adventures, even with their point and click games.
1: Yeah. Yep, and I, and I know that Eric Chai was actually, uh, I think he was an animator on Future Wars. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep, that's where he got his start, from what I understand. Yeah. Uh, at least with Delphine.
1: Yep. <coughs> Which was a French house, right? It's a French company. Correct. Yes. So, uh, the other move that we're missing here, it's so important in this game, um, is there's a move where uh, there's two actually. I split it up into two. There's one move where if you just run and hold the A button, Conrad will actually leap up and grab a platform that's above you. And this is very important because there's moments where you will have to do this. um, Maybe not in level one. There's places where you can can do it in level one. You can still beat the level, I think, without doing it, though. It's
2: actually from what I understand, the screen directly to the right from where you start, um, the one with like the little wooden uh, bridge, and then it's got like the robot up on the ledge to the right. I think you have to do that running uh, ledge grab on that particular ledge. I'm pretty sure that's the one where the game, game teaches you how important it is. Oh, okay. Because I, I don't think you can jump straight up from that bridge underneath
1: it my memory's probably cloudy right now.
0: Yeah, I know definitely in the second stage you had to do it two or three times, but I I struggled so much with that first stage I can't remember. I actually had (laughs) getting the teleporter back to the guy that's yelling, help, help, I I could probably do that in my sleep right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But the the biggest thing that um, I didn't realize was that the shield you have of course it's like powered up to four you take so many hits you're gonna die. I had no clue (laughs) until about maybe three or four hours in <laughs> that you could recharge that stupid thing. I thought those recharge stations were only for, like, recharging <laughs> the cartridge to open up that next part of the, or open up that bridge. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I was like, I, I, yeah. I just accidentally did it one time, and I was like, you got to be kidding me.
2: <laughs> I will say this is a game that does kind of need um, knowledge of, well, a, a, a read of the manual initially. Yeah. To, to get the control uh, to to understand the controls and then the first level is, taking- is
1: really your tutorial stage though it doesn't really feel like much mm-hmm. in one. correct
2: um, <clears throat> but yeah the the real important thing about that particular run and jump move as well is how it's done um you mentioned that you hold the A, hold the A button start running and keep holding the A button the important thing there is you have to let go of the direction yeah. Because if you keep holding the direction, you'll just keep running. But if you just tap the direction and hold A, then that's when Conrad will do that automatic life Yeah, and, and that's
0: where the game really shines with just its animation. Is anytime you shift directions, like if you're running right and you hit left, I mean, like Conrad's whole body just—it's it, such a fluid animation. Oh yeah, the way his like arms like yeah, flail around yeah. and he does that little skid—it looks it's so, so good. Cool. And that—that's—that's that's, to me. I'll, I always thought <laughs> these games were very. Just one side of it. they just look great, and that's it. But you, I, I made a comment on the messenger I, I other day, was kind of laughing at it. I didn't really mean the controls are unresponsive. They're definitely responsive. It's just the the nature of how the game is. You're if, if you're hitting, if you're running right and you want to hit left and run left real quick, it's not going to be like playing Contra or something where you just immediately turn left. It's there's a realism there where he actually is having to move his whole body to get there. Um, yeah, it's so yep. cool. It's it's something I didn't appreciate much when I was when I was growing up, but now that I really dug into this game, I'm like, wow, that is so neat.
1: Yeah, and, and it's definitely not going to feel, feel like Contra when you're shooting bad guys no. because gotcha. they do not die. Most <laughs> of them don't die after one hit. Oh. And you have to really, uh, once you have that force field, it, it's awesome because you have this force field that pops out in front of you or behind you if there's two enemies, yeah, um, or the mm-hmm. enemy's behind you. And then what happens is, you kind of hit the B button to pull up your force field, the enemy shoots, and then immediately after that, you shoot the enemy.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it really, it's something that kind of carried over from uh, Out of This World, except what they wanted to do in this case was make the game, instead of kind of forcing you into this war of attrition, where you're trying to break down the other enemy's shield, they don't even have shields, really. So what you're basically doing is you throw up this shield that goes away after, like, a split second. So it becomes more of a timing game where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you throw up your shield, they shoot, you shoot, you duck. And it's very kinetic is how I would describe this game. It's a very kinetic movement where it's like, okay, I'm going to duck, I'm going to roll, I'm going to get out of the way, I'm going to shoot. Uh, because you really, you know, it's before cover-based shooters, so there's not really anything to... Uh, duck behind. What you can do sometimes is uh, trick the enemy into uh, going up and down on a platform (laughs) and then running away or running to another screen. Because it's a flip screen game, which means that the screen never scrolls in the game. So you can kind of abuse that sometimes where uh, a lot of times enemies will follow you, but sometimes they won't. Or you can knock an enemy down on another screen and they'll sit there and then if you run off the screen and you run back, they'll get back up, and then you can shoot them again. It's it's great.
2: <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, there's little ways you can you can kind of uh, exploit that too. If an enemy is on a higher elevation than you on the screen that you left, they will not follow you. But if they are on the same level, they will. So there's a little little ways you can cheese yourself around things like that. That's especially useful on the final level.
1: And I would say the game, uh, the way it works is each flip screen can contain up to three different levels the way it's drawn. Mm. So I thought that was pretty neat that, you know, a lot of your puzzles are kind of, they can be multi-screen or they can be broken up to where, you know. And, and the gameplay itself is really not that hard to get once you understand it's, it's basically uh, collect a key to open a door Solve a... Uh, it's usually a simple puzzle. Sometimes you have to throw rocks onto things to open gates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But everything's pretty intuitive. You you don't get head scratchers in this game. And those rocks will also distract enemies if you
0: hold on to Yes.
2: Yep, yep.
0: Yeah, the, there's all sorts of
2: little tricks you can learn to pick up and, and different ways you can... Uh, Go about certain situations too, which I find pretty neat. I like um, uh,
1: running off a ledge and then having to catch the <laughs> the ledge that's a little bit adjacent to you. I think that's pretty cool. Because mm-hmm. I was watching a playthrough um, that someone did of it, where they're like, "Hey, uh, why do you know? I guess I have to get hurt here." You know, they like fell on a bomb. Yeah. I guess I have to get hurt, and it's like, "No, you have to run off the ledge, uh, like Road Runner, and, <laughs> and and catch the ledge below."
2: Hmm. Um. Which leads to one of the other cool little tricks you can do in the game as well. Um, Comrade will, if you hold A and tap down while standing at the edge of a platform, Conrad will slowly climb down and then hang on to the ledge, which uh, is especially useful if you're moving onto another screen <laughs> because sometimes the game can throw a situation where there's literally a drop to your death uh, if you were to just walk off. But one of the nice little tricks you can do is while you're hanging on to a ledge if there's another hangable ledge beneath you um while you're still holding a if you tap down uh, comrade will like kind of like flip himself like kind of flip his legs backwards out to get himself off the ledge that he's on and then catch onto the ledge that's beneath him Which is really useful for avoiding enemies in some situations. Uh, There's even like one spot I think on the the first level where you can use that to, uh, in between two of the mutants, to make them like try to shoot at you. But if you quickly climb back up, they'll end up like shooting (laughs) like each other instead. Which uh, which is you know one of those situations I, I mentioned where you can go about things in multiple different ways.
1: Yeah, I think that that's pretty cool, and it, it definitely reminded me of, uh, there's little bits of it that remind me of Prince of Persia, but this game felt more fluid than the first Prince of Persia, um, as far as your movements went, um, there, there was kind of a little bit of, a little bit more lag, I felt like, between your input and what you actually did on screen in Prince of Persia.
2: And that can also be the case in this as well, just because of the animations. Um, Like, if I have one big gripe that I've always kind of had with the game, it's how fast Conrad will pull out his gun. (laughs) Yes. Hang on a minute, I just got to reach in in here and... Where is it? Uh, Nope, nope, that's my cigarettes. Nope, uh, there it is.
1: (laughs) What I think is Um, funny is is, uh, in this game, just how uh, most games have like uh, context-sensitive controls or whatever, where it's like you don't have to have multiple buttons for the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, why do I need uh, more than one button to, to flip a switch or to um, you know use an, an item? But, I mean, it makes sense sometimes where it's like, okay, well, I don't want to... I, I think a more modern game would kind of let you have, like, a, a wheel or something to, to use one of your items or, you know, ha- have those different items mapped to different buttons. But that's just the nature of the fact that, you know, this game was ported from uh, a system that used, a, what, a single button?
2: Correct, <laughs> yep, the Amiga.
1: Right, or, or two buttons. I know some Amiga games were two buttons. But, yeah, it's, it's still... The game still feels ahead of its time for when it came out, I think which was 1992 and then 93 for the Genesis. Yeah, yeah, 93. Yes, sir. So, back to Nick. Back to Nick. What do you got next for us?
0: Yeah, um, just kind of my experience. Being the first time I really dug into this game, um, uh, like I mentioned, it took me a couple days to beat the first stage. And uh, once I got through the first stage and, and got the hang of the controls and some of the strategy and and just understanding where to go um the second stage wasn't that bad i still haven't beat it yet i'll be honest but last night i probably played it for a good hour and a half and i almost finished um so so once you get into the second stage you kind of realize who you are i won't go into the uh, spoilers or anything but um you're you're in this kind of i'm assuming it's kind of what was it, new washington it was called and um Mm -hmm. you're, you're you're trying to uh you got jobs you gotta do, so like it, it immediately reminded me a little bit of Shadowrun some of these, uh, some of these jobs I had to do. You know, I didn't see any chummers or anything, but uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was just some cool, like a couple fetch quests. And I almost got to the last mission and I completely forgot to uh, hit continue <laughs> when I uh, when I rage quit and went and got a drink of water and I got real upset and quit. But uh, very cool missions. Uh, like I said, a couple of them were kind of fetch quests, there were some, uh, you know, track this guy down and kill him, and you got to do this cool. It's almost like a little boss battle with these uh, two. I think it was a robot where they kind of. You really had to do a lot of rolling on the ground. Cool strategies like that, and uh, I don't know. The game got really interesting really fast once you got to New Washington. I think. I think the like like you mentioned, Aaron, the stage one's kind of like your tutorial. again okay, this is how this game's gonna play. Um, and I, I wasn't I'm not big on like jungles in video games I just like immediately I was like oh is this going to be like Jurassic Park I hate that Jurassic <laughs> Park at all but once I got once I got into it and they got the new Washington, I'm like wow this new Washington reminded remind me of just like cyberpunk like it was just like yeah, yeah. this is what I like this is what I like it has got kind of a look of like the uh
2: the city in um total recall Yeah
1: yeah kind of dark um,
2: and grimy. but yeah the it's kind of one of the interesting things about Flashback as well. Uh, you haven't really seen it because um, you only got to New Washington, but each stage is quite a bit different from the last. Because um, you have the the jungle at the beginning, which is mostly a lot of jumping and climbing, um, <clears throat> broken up by a little bit of fights with the odd mutant. Um, New Washington is in the city uh, performing the, the missions. Uh, a lot of, like... Uh, Suddefuge, like a, 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 a sorry, subterfuge, like going around, uh, like getting your, your your fake papers and stuff to, to try and like, move behind the scenes in the city. Um, the third stage is uh, the Death Tower, which is kind of like a running man style game yeah. show where you're fighting for your life, progressing through these different tiers of, of a tower, each one getting progressively more difficult. Um, <clears throat> then after that is. Your
1: trip to uh, planet Earth. With the ticket you yep,
2: won. On, yep, on the Earth, which is pretty much an all-action stage. It's just a lot of fights with um, uh, the, the jetpack cops that you see in New Washington, uh, thrown in with uh, a few other enemies. It, it's basically just all fighting uh, on Earth. And then the final stage, which I don't want to, I don't really want to spoil, but it, it's definitely uh, got a really unique look to it. Is uh, kind of back a little more to the the jump and climb uh, style of the first stage uh, with some really tough enemies you have to fight in there and a, and a few other more cerebral puzzles thrown in for good measure it's uh, definitely a very interesting game with a, a lot of unique styles to it to its stages
1: yeah I think the, uh, the each level has its own character uh, that kind of develops throughout the game. And once you've mastered the mechanics, and you're, you know, the game will throw in some some new trick at you. <laughs> you have to get mm-hmm. used to, or like a, a row of uh, a row of bombs or something that you have to <laughs> navigate.
2: Or the the, the odd like, uh, um, like really intense segment where you're 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 racing against a clock, like in New one of the missions in New Washington, or on Earth as a part where you're being chased by this like. Uh, like vaporizer that that's on its way to kill you, and you've got a whole bunch of platforms to like jump over and, and roll under and things like
1: that. Or how so, about uh, uh, avoiding enemies? Too. Th- those auto turrets, almost like in uh, Portal, <clears throat> is what it felt like those auto turrets that uh, you know you've got these triggers that you can run across on the ground that'll just like start oh, yep. them firing up, and you have to duck, or you have to yep. run just fast enough, and then um, you really had to have mastered that running. Ledge grab uh, mm-hmm. to make sure you don't die because there's like you can trip the uh, the auto turret and it's gonna fire on you right <laughs> as soon as you jump, so you gotta catch it. And, mm-hmm. uh, there's all sorts of but cool that, little moments like that.
2: But that's one of the nice things. The game has a pretty decent difficulty curve to it, except for that one friggin' combat mission in New Washington. But um, like it, it's each each stage is. Like it, it makes you use more more of the abilities you have at your disposal. So as you move through the game and as you master the abilities more, it's it's actually like uh, got a got a decent curve to uh, to the mastery of the game. So uh, I've always had to hand it uh, uh, hand the game that. So
1: and another thing I would say is I, I have played the game on easy and normal. Uh, I've not tried it on hard, but I'm sure that's pretty brutal. Yeah, the great imagine. thing about this game is that you get infinite ammo. Is probably the thing I'm most thankful for. You, it's almost Infinite hilarious. If
0: continues, I'm thankful for that. Yes, <laughs> but
1: the the fact that like when you shoot at an enemy, there's certain enemies that take like fifteen bullets to kill sometimes, <laughs> and it's so funny mm. how he just keeps on firing. Uh, in in the future, we don't have to worry about running out of ammo. It's great. True. But the other thing was uh, in easy mode, the gameplay doesn't get any easier, I would say. You it's still have just tricky like puzzles. Less, less enemies, it seems like. Less enemies on screen yep. at once.
2: And and more health on your shield, right? I don't
1: yeah, think, I, thought it was I, don't, I don't know. I
2: honestly don't know.
1: I, I don't know about they, that. They
2: like, but I do know as the hard, game yeah. goes on... Um, <laughs> I've only played it on normal.
1: <laughs> as the game goes on, I do know that you get less and less uh, health checkpoints, or less of those uh, mm-hmm. electric, elect, electricity refill stations. The energy generators. yes. Yeah, energy generators, yes.
2: Um, and to, to actually go back a little bit to the vaporizer that I mentioned, um, one of my favorite things about this game, and another trademark of Delphine and, I guess, the cinematic platformers in general, is the really cool animations you get for some of the deaths.
1: Uh, yeah, I honestly, I thought that, ugh, I wish they would have had more deaths like what you had in <laughs> Out of This World. There are a few cool ones mm-hmm. that pop up, like when you get vaporized. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, this game, <laughs> that might be the only one that was in this yeah, game. Yeah, I was like, I remember getting vaporized. I think vaporized. I'm thinking more of Another World, yeah. Another
1: World had, like, a death animation for everything. This game has an animation for everything you pick up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That gets annoying later. on. Yes, um, and
0: the 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 teleporter.
2: Thankfully,
1: you can skip them.
0: Ugh. I, I I do I do love that um. little jingle. It reminds me of the satisfaction you get, like if you're playing Zelda and you hear, you open up a treasure chest. It just oh yeah, they, ding, ding, Yeah, Yeah, love it. De, de, de. Love it. <laughs> yes.
1: Or uh, it's that
2: really I, annoying sound you get on the energy generator with your shield. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs>
1: this is well, it's a funny thing, but uh, Dark Souls would kind of borrow from this much later in that. The game is punctuated. Uh, the the music in this game is, is more like the exclamation on the end of a sentence, <laughs> than uh, <laughs> you know, than than something that would constantly be playing. and And I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. The game wants you to get swallowed up in the atmosphere and to hear the different sounds <clears throat> and the gunshots. And that makes it feel more real to me also, for some reason. Even though, let's be honest, Conrad, when he gets shot, he just kind of fades in and out of existence for a second. Uh, And and he goes, you know, invincible. (laughs) Uh, There's still bits of realism in this game that that kind of uh, really sell it for me, I guess.
2: Oh yeah, like the... As as annoying as it can be, I do love the fact that he can't survive a drop from a particularly long height. (laughs) Yeah. Like it, it adds that element of danger to yeah, the More game.
1: than two levels unless you're hanging from a ledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like instant death. Though I, what I kind of miss is like I almost wish there were spikes like in Prince of Persia. <laughs>
2: or another world.
1: Yes. Oh, so many uh, oh, that- gnarly spike deaths in that game. Oh, And it, oh, it just looks so awful too. <laughs>
2: just, he would just like fall on it, hang over, and then slide down a little bit. Yeah. Oh
1: just lovely but um yeah i'm trying to think if there's really much more to say other than we didn't go too deep into the story um so i did mention that if you you can go online and i think uh yeah you can find it very easily you can find the flashback manual Which has a 15-page comic book at the beginning. Or 14-page. It's pretty amazing how long it is. Um, And it's not like the greatest writing or anything. In fact, they introduce a character that you never see. (laughs) That I remember. He's got a girlfriend named, uh, I think, Sonia. uh, (laughs) Who does not show up in the game after that point. But it's cool to have a little bit of backstory before the game starts, kind of reminds me of how Snatcher did it, where uh, they they did much of the same thing, which was no. fill in a little bit of the backstory. What interests me there is that a U.S. only thing. Um, I don't know. I I'd never seen the uh, the manual for the yeah.
2: Because I never I never had the manual for the Super Nintendo one when I was a kid because. I, I just bought the cartridge,
1: so I'm actually interested
2: to know if you that's a If you can find
1: it, um, that would be cool. But, man, when you look at the front of the manual, it's really cool. It looks just like a comic book, and the drawing is awesome. And if I was a kid and I was looking at box covers and this one said, oh, includes a comic by Marvel, I'd be like, shoot, I'm buying that. Yeah. <laughs> In a heartbeat. Uh, but yeah the, the art is really good the writing is passable <laughs> 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 it, I mean Conrad looks like a superhero jerk in the comic but uh <laughs> looking at it right a very now very strong jawed like Superman Clark he Ken. does <laughs> yeah he does wow
2: <laughs> With that square jaw
1: oh yeah and it's corny, corny jokes. Yep.
2: Comrade Bihar, agent of the Galaxia Bureau of Investigation. Yes,
1: the G... Well, yeah, instead of the FBI, it's the GBI. It's GBI. <laughs> so maybe it was an American thing. It sounds very American to me. I wonder.
2: Yeah, the... Yeah, it looks like typical Marvel writers. Yeah, I'm really not sure about that one. I'll have to I'll have to
1: look into that. <laughs> That's cool. So, did we go over the different items you can pick up?
0: No, I don't think we did.
1: Okay, so uh, I'm just looking at the manual here. We've already talked a little bit. There's a, the very first item you pick up is the holocube, which uh, you kind of. Hey, it's me. Yeah, hey, it's me, <laughs> which is uh, I think a reference to Total Recall. Uh, and yeah, it kind of just gives you a little primer, a little backstory, like what's going on, uh, and then and then you find the whole contents of the Hollow Cube uh, when you go visit your buddy Ian later on. But uh, you get to pick up things like uh, money, which you need enough money to open certain gates. Uh, the Force Field, of course, uh, which is very important, level two and beyond, to uh, kind of protect you from uh, enemies sh- shooting at you. You've got the uh, I don't remember ever picking up a mechanical mouse, but you can get a mechanical mouse. Yes,
2: it's on the final. Level.
1: Oh, okay, that's why. And then you get the it's teleporter. Uh, the teleporter, what on like level six?
2: <clears throat> uh, you pick up the teleporter at the end of the Earth stage, which is the second part of Earth. Level, so level five, five. Level I five. I think. Yeah, that's it. And that's got to be the coolest item in the whole game.
1: Yeah. I think that's really cool uh, considering when this game came out because you can literally use it anywhere, right?
2: Yeah, um, so to give you a little more info on that one, uh, it comes in two pieces. You get the Teleport Stone and the Teleport Receiver. Um, <clears throat> and the Teleport Stone works just like the uh, the rocks you pick up on the first stage. Um, the comrade will like kind of like wind up and throw it as far as he can. And then you use the other half of the item to teleport to wherever that stone landed, um, which can be really cool for getting out of combat situations, uh, getting to uh, further distances, and is actually required later on to figure out a couple of switch puzzles, um, like for the for the like ground uh, the the tripwire ground switches that are used to open and close certain gates. Um, so yeah, definitely a very very cool concept. Um, and, Heck, of all the games I've played, I, I can probably count on one hand how many have even used a concept like that. I don't think I even saw it show up again until, like, Unreal Tournament.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a pretty neat concept. It's, this game, like I said, feels ahead of its time for the concepts it was throwing at you and, and the depth of gameplay uh, for the time and some just the animations and how some of the enemies move. Like the the ones that kind of uh, disintegrate, or you know, they disapperate and apparate across the screen. It's really neat.
2: Oh yeah, the uh, the like the the running man style guys. Yes. Yeah, zip around the screen, and then the the ones on the final level that kind of like Constantly melt do into it. blobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll melt into blobs, and then like flip onto ceilings and drop down, and like reform like underneath you to try and hit you and stuff like that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's just stuff that you hadn't seen in other games, and, and having these uh, cutscenes that were more in depth than what you would typically see. Like, if you try to compare this to stuff that we'd seen in, like, uh, Ninja Gaiden or something like that, where it was, the animation was very limited, this was pretty mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And even, I, I thought in some cases, uh,. It was even more fluid than Out of This World.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, still the unfortunate thing there is a lot of that was really just limited to Comrade. Right. Because if you you look at a lot of the enemy animations, they really don't stand up as well as they do for Comrade. But most of the time you don't even notice because you're paying too much attention to the cool stuff that you're doing. Yes,
1: (laughs) this is true. Yeah, and there was never really a big bad... There weren't boss fights in this game, per se, right? I don't remember there being any boss um,
2: fights. There's like one kind of boss fight right at the end, um, but it's yeah, it's
0: beaten pretty simply once you know the tricks. So. I kind of feel like that robot mission was a boss fight
1: on New Washington. Oh, the robot boss fight! Um, that it felt like a boss fight to me because I died a lot. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, when when you find that one guy and then like the little bots come out and try to zap you.
1: <laughs> See, it's th- this is how you know it was ahead of its time. It was throwing escort missions at you.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: It wasn't so bad. The, the nah, game is easy. not one long escort mission, not like Amy. Uh, <laughs> ooh, sick burn. Sick burn. <laughs> But yeah, uh, was there anything else we wanted to mention? I I think the manual is pretty cool because it literally lays out all the hazards and items that uh, you're going to encounter. And it even gives you hints all the way up to level 6 and 7. It kind of tells you uh, what what's going on in this game. Uh, and, and I think the reason for Conrad... And that was a cool concept of the game. It was like, why why did Conrad wipe his memory? And why can't he remember anything? You know, the amnesiac thing. But you kind of find out that he was being hunted uh, for some secrets that he had inside his brain. And the aliens mm-hmm. wanted him dead. And then it turns out the aliens had a much bigger plan. <laughs> uh, which it's kind of funny because they, they uh, outline it in the manual. So even if you don't play through the game, they, they tell you... Uh, yeah, because I think on the last level six and seven, you end up on planet Morph, the home of the aliens. Yep. Because you've got to go blow and, uh, up a planet. Indeed. you got to commit genocide like a good yep. old boy. And then that led into the sequel, which nobody ever talks about. <laughs> Except for you and me, apparently. It's one I did have on PlayStation, though, and it only suffers for being one of the very first 3D um, adventure games, 3D platformer, adventure type games, I guess. <clears throat> it
2: has its own charm, though. Um, for those that don't know, the game is called Fade to Black, and it actually picks up exactly where Flashback leaves off. It does. Um, after Comrade blows up the planet and escapes in the uh, the alien ship, or well, the, the escape pod, the aliens pick him up right out, right out of space and imprison him on one of their own spaceships, and you have to break out of the cell and go from there
1: yep and I kind of wish that it would have had the same gameplay as the first game somehow uh but it's it's a decent game in some respects but I miss the fact that there's like zero platforming in the game yeah it just has not aged all that well but that's another story I remember
2: being just enamored by it when it came out, though. But That was mostly of
1: my love for Flashback. Right. And I thought that that could carry the day. I was like, oh, it's a sequel to Flashback. I can't wait to play this game. And then I played it, and I kept on getting stuck on the camera. And, like, I could not turn around fast enough to blast the enemy. And it just got to be so frustrating uh, that it would really... We would have to wait odd Oddworld came out to have another game that played anywhere near how Flashback played. I'd
2: say if you really want to find a game that kind of feels like a sequel to Flashback, though, um, I would probably recommend the game um, Bermuda Syndrome for the PC. Um, there was That's a game that, that felt an awful lot like it.
1: Yeah, I have to try that. To that uh, and There was also uh, On Escapey, I want to say. There were a few games that came out after Flashback that really tried to ape that style to wildly varying degrees of success um, you had uh, even on the Sega Genesis I want to say you had Generation Lost which I thought was a <laughs> flashback clone but it really doesn't play that much like it it just looks yeah. looks like it because you start out in a alien forest yeah and and then there was uh, No Escape I want to say there were a few that tried to be flashback but just couldn't quite cut it
2: from what I remember about Unescapee, though, yeah, I remember Unescapee, fan game. Wasn't no, I like think that was a game commercial was game? game. I
1: want to say it was a commercial really? game. Yeah, and then they released it as freeware later on. That's why I, I must want to say it that. was like okay. a w- very late Amiga game, and it was when the Amiga was dead in the water. And so it was like, oh, uh, yeah, this game is not making any money. So they went ahead and. Oh, that's why uh,
2: it was an Amiga CD game.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> nobody bought. So they went ahead and did a port uh, to the PC and released it freeware. So that's another one you can go check out um, if you like this flashback style gameplay. But Nick has not talked in a while. I hope he didn't <laughs> fall asleep on I'll us. I'm still here.
0: All right.
2: Uh, it's what happens when you put us two in a room together. I know. Well, in and,
0: and, and the beginning, I've just now played this game for the first time in the past few weeks. I, I, uh, I assumed this he would was be good He was still week. playing it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Usually, <laughs> Nick is playing the game we're talking about. I am. <laughs> at the Same time. <laughs> I always do.
0: i got my dual monitors, and one of them is hooked up to all my game systems, so flip it over and play some games. That works. Yeah. All right. Was that it for the gameplay
1: talk? You guys ready Yeah, for I think second? so. I think we um, pretty much hammered it to death.
2: Alright. Yeah, I think we I think we gushed enough about gushed it. About yes.
0: Right. Well let's do some retrofitted achievements. The Genesis Genf, retrofitted achievements. Well I've got one. <laughs> You've got one. I knew <laughs> <laughs> I forgot something. I usually have about three. I usually try to get three, but this time I just had one. And this I've got I've got at least one. Okay, this one's kind of stupid. Um, I called it "Off the Wall," and it's seeing the first cut scene and realizing Conrad's wearing cool Vans shoes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, he does have the a nice, uh, nice style to him. It's yeah. pretty like you could cost anybody could cosplay as Conrad. I think very easily. <laughs> you just get a brown jacket, a white shirt, and some jeans and you're pretty much there you're pretty (laughs) close Conrad Behart that's right Um, so one of my achievements is uh, (laughs) I blew up an alien planet and all I got with this was this lousy (laughs) t-shirt and that was (laughs) pretty Uh, (laughs) self-explanatory which is blow up morph and beat the game Um, so that's one of them and then another one is a uh, get down which is uh when you realize how much you have to duck in this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to survive any of the battles. And then um one of my favorites is that uh, like uh I don't know how else to describe it. That sound that that little the first little creature, oh, the little mechanical robots. robot thing that you blow up and I just love how it just kind of shorts out. It shakes violently and it just Explo- I love the explosions in this game it's so great but it almost feels organic in a way it's like you know it's not alive but it seems like it's alive
2: I guess I actually have two. go for it um so the first one is hickory dickory dock that's uh, pick up the mechanical mouse <laughs> nice and the other one is stuck the landing That's uh, jumping off the platform uh, and falling way too far and
0: killing yourself instantly. (laughs) Yes. I came up with one while we were thinking this is called the Nick Stevens achievement, and that's beating the first level without recharging your
1: shield. Wait, I (laughs) (laughs) thought... Or
2: finally beating the first level after three and a half days. (laughs)
0: Period.
1: And then my my final (laughs) achievement is... Stop talking! (laughs) stop talking yeah. and that achievement is uh, uh beat the game beat the game in total silence uh,
0: no. oh, we're gonna we're gonna have to make some cool sound clips from that i still have the sound clip i just didn't that's great post it on the back. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys you should just put it at the end of every stop episode
1: <laughs> have a nice day <laughs> this was a stop talking production
0: <laughs> all right gentlemen let's ask the big question here is flashback a gym
3: is this game
1: of Genesis? Jim, is it good or is it garbage?
3: Uh,
1: yeah. What what did the critics say? Oh well,
0: the Moby rank for this game was uh, incredibly high. Definitely, it's 87 out of 100. Very good. Uh, I couldn't find any big publishing uh, critic reviews on Moby Games, but there was one here from a website called Game Zero. And it says, this game is truly awesome. The graphics are super smooth and very detailed. And while the music is minimal <laughs> minimalistic, the sound is still exciting. The controls are kind of confusing at first, but once you figure them out, they are extraordinarily precise. Flashback is without a doubt a new member of the top ten games ever. <laughs> a definite must-have. I like that uh, review there because of the control um, comment. I, I agreed with that because at first I'm like, all oh, these controls are crazy. But then once I get the hang of it, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Uh...
2: Oh, yeah, and, and once you get them down, they're,
0: like, second oh, major. big time, big um, Listener feedback. We had quite a bit here, so I'm going to go through this right now. Um, first one comes from Ed Wilson. He's from over there on Pixel Toons Radio. Ed says, Jim, I own, like, five versions of this game. It's fantastic. The Genesis and Sega CD versions are way better than the SNES. The SNES was slower and has some pretty terrible music. And then that's where he and Dan start going back and forth <laughs> on that one. Uh, Andrew Coed says, I only recently picked it up. It's a bit of... It's a bit obtuse, but still manages to be interesting. I have not progressed far enough to give a verdict, but I enjoyed the time I had with it. I really like the animations, but they do hinder the responsiveness of the controls. But I don't think that is the type of game it is trying to be. I will have to play more of it in anticipation of this episode. Stay rad. Sega! And... Go down here. Next one's from John Simmons. He says, Come on, Jim, of course. Uh, Michael Kelso (laughs) has a worthless comment. just says, Ooh. So whatever. As yeah, usual. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Kellogg says, I'm not just in the games like this, but I'll wait the expert's opinion. <laughs> I don't know about experts, Chris, but thank you for that. Uh, uh, Jared Adams says, Definitely a gem. It was hard, but I still loved it. Alfredo Figueroa says, Jim. that ending and music is epic. Plus, the SNES version was slow as heck, and the music sucked. Just like Out of This World is better on the Genesis. Man. Uh, Joshua Theis says, actually never played this, and I know my local PJ's movie world always had it to rent, but I never rented it for some reason. Can't wait to listen to your take on it. Gabe Van Gilder says, it's not garbage, it's not a gem, it's okay. Draylen Russell says, the controls were kind of frustrating, but I'd say gem on just how this, on just the story alone. It was way ahead of its time for narrative and video games. Uh, Ken Casimall says, it's obviously a gem. Awesome graphics, amazing sound, terrific gameplay. Excellent story, superb animation. Even if you aren't in the games like this, it's still worth a look. Uh, Sean Robinson says, Well, if it's getting an official 2017 port to the Dreamcast, it has to be a gem, right? <laughs> uh, Dan Baskillian. I always say his name wrong <laughs> Basilia. Basilia. Yeah. <coughs> always say it wrong, guys. Uh, Quit picking games that are better on Genesis than SDS. It's Disrespectful <laughs> to my sensibilities, and I want no part of this crooked <laughs> tomfoolery. <laughs> Uh, Brody Peddle says, "Bleep, bleep, 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 bleep." <laughs> <What? laughs> Dan Kelly says, "Really cool game. Not a big fan of cinematic platformers, but this is one of the standouts. Graphics are amazing. Some of the story elements could be better, like how the quest for identity is over by the time you get to the second area of the game. And I wish it had some more atmospheric music rather than the smooth, <clears throat> and... What it, smooth and sm- smarty little things that play when a jetpack police officer." Ames has... Cr- <laughs> I'd call it a, <laughs> a, a solid 7-0-10. Uh,
2: That's <laughs> Dan. Uh, the, the Quest for Identity thing actually was just a subtitle added for the U.S. release. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, it's not even in other releases of the game. Quest for it's Identity. It's kind of funny. Got to have those subtitles, man. Right? Uh, Here's an <laughs> interesting thing. The flashback was actually ported to a Japanese computer. Uh, the PC-98. Wow! Yeah, really? and it's not even the best port of the game, but it's interesting that it landed no, the... on a Japanese computer. It's been ported so many different systems, even to ones that we that, that a lot of people don't remember as much now, like the 3DO and the the Jaguar. But uh, great on almost the every 3DO season.
2: version is amazing too.
1: What was uh? And I know the Dreamcast version kind of lets you pick. And choose various parts of games that are great. Uh, what what made the 3D version so good? Because I haven't played it. Um,
2: it's it's a lot like the Sega CD version, except the uh, the cinematics are higher resolution, yeah. so they look a lot nicer. Um, and just the music and sound uh, is just a lot better than it is in the Sega CD version. It it's essentially just a better version of the Sega CD release.
1: So probably on par with the... I think there was a PC release on CD uh, mm-hmm. that was probably pretty similar to that. I'm going to guess. But let's go back to Nick. What was the? Do we have any more feedback? Yeah, quite a bit, actually. Uh, Tyler Jones says, easily
0: one of my favorite games on any platform. Very easy to pick up and play and beat without too much frustration. Got to master the shield. Can't wait for the reviews. Uh, Philip Vaughn says, Spider-Man's Lizard, a DBZ power reader, and the laminate configuration. This game has everything. Uh, Josh Diekman says, I owned this game as a kid, and while it's not perfect, I would call it a gem. Loads of atmosphere, interesting game mechanics, and a cool story. Along with great graphics and solid gameplay, make the Genesis version one to have. Timmy Max says, This is a game I haven't played in a long time. I remember loving the graphics, and it was a fun platformer. This this is one to revisit. And the last one comes from Doug- Douglas Dilecki Jr. He says, This game is the barf that barf peeks out. Seriously. <laughs> wow Ed Wilson Uh, has a a shiny face (laughs) so wow Um, so I think the I think as (laughs) I think as far as uh, the consistency goes the listeners believe this is a gem Um, I'm going to go ahead and call this a gem myself Uh, I was kind of surprised by that when I first started playing this game I thought oh it's just going to be one of those frustrating games that I'm never going to get through but as I continue to learn more about the controls continue to further myself in the game and to really understand what i was doing i i really love this game it's one of those games i'm gonna keep playing hopefully by the end of the year i'll beat it <laughs> but uh definitely <laughs> definitely didn't i didn't i say in the messenger chat that if you didn't end up liking this i was gonna oh it took a little while because like i said when i it makes me want to go back and play Out of This World because I popped that game in as a kid and I just thought, oh, I can't, I can't do this. It's not the action-packed game I want. I was always big. Like, anytime I play an RPG, if I'm playing like uh, a, a game where you pick your own class, you know, Fallout, uh, Elder Scrolls, anything like that, I'm I'm constantly picking a barbarian or someone that just no. goes just full blast. I, I, don't, want it, I don't want to I don't have to be careful. <laughs> I want to go out and just swing, 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 kill, kill, kill.
1: Uh, so, I, so I know what you're talking about. I'm gonna. Take a wild guess that you didn't get past the first little uh, learning section of Out of This World, because once you get past that, the game does become pretty action-packed. Big time. I
0: I didn't. I, I popped it in. I mentioned this. Many yeah, times it's on those the show. stupid.
1: Leeches. It's the leeches oh, yeah. that get most people. Yeah. We we yeah, always until had you to kick them.
0: We had to th- rent three for five dollars deal on the weekends. My rental store. And I rented it one time. Popped it in for five minutes. It's like nope. Going on to the next game. <laughs> So, but, and
2: yeah, the the game is even pretty slow. I, it's very slow compared to Flashback, but it's an experience. It's really like nothing else. So, I did see it on the iPhone.
0: I'm sure I don't want to get that version.
1: No. <laughs> God, no, I mean it looks great, but no, don't don't. You have a Vita. Get the Vita version. You have a Vita.
0: <laughs> That's
2: a game that does have a standout three D O release. Like totally stand out. It had uh, it had like these really cool like uh. Entirely different drawn backgrounds for that version of the game that weren't in any other release.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm kind of polarized on that little. On one hand, I'm just like, yeah, that's really cool, and like the orche- orchestrated score. Uh, but I almost feel like, hmm, did they overdo it? Is it almost like when uh, Turner, you know, put color? <laughs> 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 What <laughs> was it on In Living Color? Colorizing the Classics. <laughs> Jeez.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah, I
1: think it's a gem. All right. Well, that was the longest. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. It's it's a gem all the way. I never had a doubt in my mind that you would think it was a gem uh, as long as you gave it a fair shake. Um, but yeah it's, it's always been a gem for me since I was a kid and even if I could never get super far into the game until more recently when I had it on Sega CD uh, yeah I, I've always enjoyed the time I spent with it and I just feel like the, the depth of gameplay and even though there's really not a lot of music I think the you know the musical punctuation is, is pretty cool and, and story, though, it's not like mind shattering. uh, I think the way it's presented is very engaging. uh, And the way the game throws you into different situations and how you can already tell that there's a lot more going on in the game. Um, There's like a whole universe out there uh, of stuff than, you know, just like this one little planet you're on at the start of the game. It's, It's pretty cool um
2: yeah absolute gem for me uh, really no question on that one uh, I'm really really glad I got to be on the show for this particular game uh, It's a game that's always meant a lot to me and it, it's a game that is really like no other I mean even with its e- even with it being like the kind of like spiritual successor to another world it really is almost nothing like that game when it comes down to it. Um, It's got, you know, little bits of Prince of Persia, little bits of Another World, little bits of, of, you know, other platformers of the era, but it all just comes together for something that kind of feels like a cross between, like, a spy and an action movie in video game form, that was something really hard to to nail that feeling back in, in 1993, so, yeah, absolute gem for me.
0: Alright, well we're gonna lay the gavel down. Flashback for the Genesis is a gem.
1: Bam. You know, one day we're gonna have to sell a Genesis Gems gavel. (laughs) That's a good (laughs) idea. That's a great idea. That's a
0: great idea. Alright guys, where does this go on the ranking list? We got a lot of gems out here. So, wow. Mm, Let's pull it up. I'm looking. So if
1: we're gonna go over to (laughs) GenesisGems.com I think I know that site. GenesisGemsPodcast.com and we, and you guys can follow along. Go over to our ranking page on the website and we're going to go look through it real quick and see where it lands. Whew! Um, man. For me? Shoot. This one ranks pretty highly in my top favorite Sega Genesis it, it's, games. It's definitely in the top ten of our games. It's, it's definitely yeah. there. Okay. Wow Uh, I didn't expect (laughs) that that I would put it okay so for me um, I honestly would put it above Golden Axe uh, and Aladdin um, and I was thinking uh, in between Golden Axe and Run. you're going a little higher than I thought no and and and, hey we have to disagree about something (laughs) No, I, I like it a little more th- than Golden Axe. I'd would, I would probably slot it in between um, Aladdin and Golden Axe if, if we have to decide something.
0: Here comes the... What do you think, Dan, since you're on here? Um, I would probably... Just because I have such a connection
2: to it, for me, I would...
1: <laughs> he would put it <sighs> even higher. I know he would. Oh, man.
2: Oh no! I definitely would. I'm, I know um, he likes
1: it more than NBA Jam. <laughs> I do. NBA Jam, man.
2: So, so yeah. I mean, it would it would have to go above NBA Jam and beneath Sonic the Hedgehog for me. But
1: I mean, and what's funny is I like it Jam. more than Sonic the Hedgehog, but I couldn't do that to Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs>
0: So we're going above Laddin. I'm definitely not putting it above Form Gym, sorry I guess. <laughs>
1: that's fine. No, that's that's totally
0: fine. No, the, the fact that you put it that high is an honor. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's so good. You're a scholar and a gentleman. But you, you guys... Re- Stop talking. <laughs> y- you guys got to see my evolution. <laughs> gosh. <laughs> you guys got to see the evolution of, of me loving this game, because at first I was kind of like, oh, gosh, this is hard. and Then I was like, man, I love this game. Just...
2: I just love it when it came to that epiphany moment <laughs> with the energy generators. Yeah. Like You were like,
1: oh my god, I burned Wait. through that first level like it oh, was second was nature. It's so awesome. So
0: it's all
1: right. What so, do these batteries do, man? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, flashback for the Genesis is the new number seven. And number six would be Earthworm Jim, and number eight's Aladdin. So we cover two very high-ranking games right in a row. <laughs> yes, so now
1: one. we have to balance the force out a bit. Yeah. Uh, no, we... We don't uh, like to give it away immediately and say, oh, yeah, the next game we cover is going to be a real stinker. No. I think the next what game, is the next game?
0: Well, Fighting Masters. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I, actually, I, I had this one in mind. Um, oh, it's going to be <laughs> – you actually kind of mentioned it already. Uh, we're going to be doing – buster douglas boxing on the genesis i want to do a boxing (laughs) game because of all the boxing stuff that's been going around so that'll be our next game all right so yeah y'all join us for that one we'll get that going soon you got it i I love boxing games we'll see what i think about this one (laughs) there's some really good boxing games on the genesis is it is this one of them i don't know we'll find out next episode so uh dan again thank you so much for joining us today uh glad that you recommended this game very glad you're a patron Hope you, hopefully you still are after what Aaron said about you
1: earlier in the episode <laughs> no absolutely all, all opinions on the podcast expressed by me are not my own <clears throat> <Yeah. laughs>
0: but as, as part of the deal with Dan he gets he'll be on the show at least two times a year so. or a more if we feel let so led to have him on here <laughs> so be yeah. so thinking about that next game you want to cover we'll definitely have you on for that Uh, And I know we got a few more guests. Uh, Thank you so much. Absolutely. I think one of our uh, upcoming shows, I already told him, uh, Andrew Cobed's at the tier where he can come on the show and he wants to cover Moonwalker. So we'll be doing that sometime in the next few months as well. That'll be fun. Very cool. So I definitely appreciate all you patrons out there. Go to our website at genesisgenespodcast.com for all of our links. And uh, we're almost at that $100 goal that I set for Patreon. We're at $99 a month. So basically everything's pretty much paid for. Uh, for us to get the show on the web, so thank you all so much for that. Uh, it's pretty neat. You'll see someone kind of withdraw their their pledge, and then someone will come and uh, someone new will will put a new pledge in. So it's kind of been balancing <clears> itself very well. Uh, I know everyone doesn't always have the uh, the funds. You know, it's <laughs> life's hard, so it's not always easy to have. Wait, you you, you said you're at ninety yeah. nine. I will increase my pledge by one dollar. Oh, thank you, man. <laughs> Aww, man. <laughs> That's too nice of you. Aaron does like you better than me, I found that out, so Aw <laughs> <laughs> I never said that. I just thought it. <laughs> I just thought it. There's a Absolutely. you know, there's a proverb I go by out of the heart the mouth out of the mouth the heart speaks. So, you know. Anyways. Well, we hope you guys have a great day. And do you guys have anything else to add?
1: Um just stay tuned because there will be some new Retro Obscura with returning hosts. Absolutely. So you will Can't get to wait. hear some Adam and Paul pretty soon. Sweet. Don't
0: we'll press yeah. that all over the Genesis Gems whenever you guys release an episode. Get that out there. You got it. All right, man. Well, you guys have a great night, and we'll catch y'all later. Later. Bye, guys. We would like to give a big thank you to the following patrons Chris Vanderhoff, Jared Adams, Daniel Tolan, Andrew Coed, Tyler J, Stephen Gogditch, Chris Fox, Brody Peddle, Otto Gregerson, Jim Jones Jim, Matt Daly, Classic Gaming Quarterly, Timothy McGowan, Cutta, NZ17, Brett Hill, Ross Beck, Alex, Bastian Nocera, Alex Ray, Jason Wilson, Bradley Smith, Trevor Franklin, Andy Layton, John Grayson, Joshua Witt, Landon Long, and Michael.